Please welcome John Carney. John, come on. Myself. 1209. Nice. McGraw Spirit Norris. is still in the room. I tapped into that. It's Monday. It's February 5th. Another day, another Grammy for Taylor Swift. But don't say her name. A chunk uh, of them. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And we'll go there in a minute. I've got more conspiracies. Um, yeah. So check this out. Working Woman Survival Show. Back again. 37th year, by the way. Uh, and for the longest time, Loretta Swit was always here for that. Do you remember? I remember when it started, and I remember her being there. There's been a lot Oprah of different. Oprah Winfrey was oh. a guest. I mean, yes. back in the day, yeah. True, yeah. It's crazy. But I, I just remember Loretta having a long run. Like, every time that came to town, I'm like, oh, Loretta Swit's coming. Uh, well, now you get uh, Allison Arngrim, who was in Little House on the Prairie. Yep. Nellie Olson. The original mean girl. Mm-hmm. I guess she was. You could say. Yeah. Uh also getting into my world now, Guinness Book of World's Records. You know my affinity for it. Well, at the City Museum, guess what? Traveling exhibit coming here through April fourteenth, the science of the Guinness World Records. So we'll find out more. Have you ever set out to to set a record so that you could be in the book, like doing something, you know. You that, would think that doesn't involve a lot of movement. But... Eh, abusing substances, maybe. No, I, no, I don't know. Let's move on from that. I have no idea. Uh, also, Carl Weathers passed away on Friday, and you guys know me all too well because when the news broke, all Max and Julie said is, "Well, do you? <laughs> do you have an interview? Do you know that he recorded a Super Bowl commercial, and now they have to change it?" Oh, no. Yeah, they did. Uh, no idea. But wow. now I feel like they should, I don't know, depending on what the the gist of the commercial yeah. is, but just to play it, you know, in memoriam. Wow, for that's weird. I didn't see that story at all. Um, I did spend some time with him a little while back. We'll share some of that with you. Marty's popping in, and he's going to do what he do. Sports stuff going on. Finally got some. Uh, I'm sorry, that's you, your line. Battlehawks scheduling. Ca-caw. There you go. Wholehearted there, Maxi. Um, so we'll uh, talk about that. That's pretty exciting. I think that's uh, the high points, other than this person to my left and this person to my right. They are Julie Buck and Max Foise. What's new, guys? Hi, John Carney. Uh, I don't have a lot to report as far as accountings in my. Uh, for my time. It was I mean, a whole weekend. Just, yeah, I know. It was a pretty relaxing weekend. I watched a lot of basketball. watched the Hawks win in overtime. watched the ah. Magic win. And uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of movies. watched a movie called Suitable Flesh, which was a horror film with a great title. More of a brand name, band name than a... But it's, uh, it's a bad movie. I really thought it was pretty lame. So didn't like that one. Did not watch a second of the Grammys because I don't care about award shows. Did see on Twitter that uh, Tay-Tay announced a new record for April. So that's really exciting. Mm. Um, and something else I saw that came across uh, today, I've never seen Stevie Nicks in concert solo. I've seen Fleetwood Mac when she was with Fleetwood Mac, because sometimes she is, sometimes she isn't, but she was there, and it was a great show. And I always thought, boy, I wouldn't mind seeing her solo, because she's got a lot of great 
hits, like solo hits, right? Sure. And she this was, was he- for you, Daddy. Exactly. She was here just a couple of years ago <laughs> at like the St. Louis Nixon? Music Park or, or, or someplace, and tickets were not that expensive. Yeah. And I didn't go for whatever reason. It was like a January. I don't know. It's probably, I don't know. And uh, so I thought, well, she comes back. You know, it would be a fun show. So today, just announced at uh, Enterprise Center, May 7th of this year, Stevie Nicks coming to town. Guess how much the top tier tickets Thank are. you, Max. Thank you for the respect of not using I'd say using the upper the- bowl, <gasps> probably $210. Oh, sorry. $210 for the upper bowl? All right. Ugh. I was looking today. You can get row C, which I believe is the third row of the concert. Get nice and up and close and personal. I'd rather put witch. a CD on than sit that high. Are you ready? Yeah. Without service fees, without anything. This is the base ticket price. $996. For, no. One ticket. And I didn't. I thought this press release was an error. Uh, so I thought, let me go on Ticketmaster and actually just see. $996 for one ticket. Not for Fleetwood Mac. For Stevie Nicks. And listen, I like Stevie Nicks a lot, but this is more expensive than a Rolling Stones concert ticket. She might even hit you with her magic wand if you're too close. I mean, I, I it's more expensive than the Eagles. It's more expensive than the Rolling Stones. It's more expensive than Genesis. I don't think Yeah, that, that was in the 600s. Right. Commands that. I think that these tickets are going to be changed around as it may get closer because you're right. Je- Genesis was about was about six hundred dollars because you thought about it. This is more expensive than that. Buy one get twelve free. Eventually, have you uh, looked in other there. cities to see if if it's the uh, same? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the same everywhere. It's it's like nine hundred and twenty up in Chicago. So yeah, this is what she's charging for the first couple of rows. Almost a thousand dollars for one ticket. Wow! I saw her open Aquil Auditorium. I want to say for Joe Walsh. That was a good, Bill. That was fun. Uh, Nine hundred dollars fun? Eh, not so much. Not so much, Jules. What's been happening in your world? All right, I'll give you the quick rundown here so that we can get to uh, our our friend from yeah. the Working Women's Survival Show, Nellie Olson, in just a little bit. But I'll tell you that we watched the Taylor Swift concert. Crusher and I did on Friday night. We watched the whole thing. We fast forwarded through two songs. I don't know what they were. That's why we fast forwarded through them. It was good. I mean, it wasn't, like, mind-blowing to me. Can you maybe... explain to Carney how you watched it? Because you would have to rent it, correct? Oh, yeah, we rented yeah. Did it. Did you know how to do that? Like, on what, what platform did you rent it? Uh, no clue. Okay. Uh, my husband does all that stuff. Got it. He presses all the buttons there. So we watched that, and then we were trying to figure out, finally, once and for all, what our wedding song is. And I thought about ah. t- texting Josh to ask him again, and I'm too embarrassed. So we figured it out. It was When I Fall in Love. And so we had that on, and then later we were picking a movie, and he picked the movie, like an old-school movie, Sleepless in Seattle. So we watched that, and at the end of the movie comes the song, When I Fall in Love, which he did that on purpose. So it was very romantic. very romantic. It was very sweet. And you know what? Even even if he didn't do it on purpose, that's a pretty good. Oh, that would be a win-win. Oh, yeah. No, I did that on purpose. All the way around. And then we had the Baby Shark Men. Over last night for Elk Burgers and a wild game night with my mom. I have to say, she, Blake. Did she take to it? Yeah, Blake, who's, the the boys are five and a half, almost six. And and I and I said, gosh, I said, Joe, mom turns into another person when we play games. And Blake goes, yeah. 
She's aggressive. Were you and playing I mean, the, the Pan Am game. We weren't. We were playing. Sorry, we were playing air hockey and Pac-Man, and we were building roads with blocks. And I have to say, it was a throwback fun evening. That sounds like great fun. So that's that's what I got for the weekend. Yeah, sadly, I think my uh, my board game train left the station. The boys can't be bothered anymore. But you used to play a lot of Blocus, a lot of Monopoly, some Jenga. They'll have none of it. We did Cubits. Sadly. We played Connect Four, which is our favorite. Yeah. It's like chess for dumb people. That's right. us. Yeah. Right. They don't want to play games with us, but they will go to the room and play video games with their friends for days on end. All right. I don't understand it. I don't. I just don't. Uh, pretty uneventful on this end, too. And in fact, most of it is not even coming to me. But I will bring you up to speed as it enters the front of my cerebellum. It is uh, 1218. <laughs> we'll talk Working Woman Survival Show in a couple of minutes. Uh, St. Charles, Fet the Glass, great party, a lot of fun. Absolutely beautiful work to have that kind of talent. Take a block of ice uh, or a canvas or a piece of marble or whatever and be able to see something extravagant and then make it happen. Uh, that was going on, and that's beyond unbelievable. I saw photos on Bill Greenblatt's uh, Facebook. Pretty yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Well, he does take pictures. Yes, I sometimes. Well, no, I know, but I didn't know he would yeah. be at Fet the Glass. At Fet the Glass, all the cool people were. Yeah, I got a couple shots that I put up there, too. That was great fun, but just uh, one of the many things happening. Chicken and pickle, a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz about that um, as it's becoming our national pastime. Where five years ago, you're like, what? What is that? How do you hit a chicken? That's not right. Um, No, it's not that. And all reports are fantastic. Mardi Gras stuff, they're gearing up for that. Yeah, St. Charles will have its own in Frenchtown. So the activity calendar, again, remains very full as it should be. And the Working Woman Survival Show which goes on uh, Friday the 16th and Saturday the 17th and Sunday, uh, will feature Allison Engram. Guess what? It's in St. Charles at the convention center. There's my point. Always something happening. Check out the website, discoverstcharles.com. Sure, the spring back memories of the life that you probably lived growing yes, up. Yes, doing I'm your just, own laundry. I'm doing the heart shaped symbol with my hands right now. It's lovely. I thought you had a cramp. No, I wasn't sure what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to run down a rolling field. Me too. You know? Yeah. You never did that. I wanted to go in the covered wagon and yeah. be at the store and the restaurant. Michael Landon to be my dad. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I wanted Bill Bixby. Sing us Working Woman Survival Show back for year 37. Yeah, there'll be food, fashion stuff, fitness, other events going on. But here's why you should go, because uh, the featured attraction, Allison Arngrim is with us from Little House on the Prairie and excited about you coming to town. Yes, I'm excited too. I have not done uh, the Working Woman Show yet, um, and so so it's a first for me. But as I said, it's 37 years for them. Uh, so this is this going to be a blast. 
I mean, just hearing your voice is really making me very happy and freaking me out in a good way because it just it brings back so many memories. No, I mean, you sound exactly the same which is so weird you know I've, as i've told people i've been recognized over the phone you know i can't hide anywhere i'm on the phone like booking a flight and they're like is this nelly olson from little house giveaway every time oh that's great i'm sure your hairstyle has changed a little bit over yeah, the years yeah definitely <laughs> not doing that again oh i've always wanted to know what's your favorite rock band like oh, do you geez. like to rock out I do. Well, um, my husband is in a band uh, called Catahoula. I like them. Um, and they sort of sound like a cross between Little Feet and Heart, so, you know, Ooh, with the New Orleans cool. thing. I like that. I'm a huge David Bowie freak. Um, I, um, who do I like now? Who did, oh, what are those? Um, those those strange boys with the odd, their band has an odd name. All good bands have an odd name. They do. Um, yeah, but, but I do. I like I like the actual rock and roll. I admit I admit I'm classic rock. I'm not a boomer. I'm like Gen X, but yeah, I do. I like old rock. And speaking of of bands and music and albums, I read you put it out put out an album, but it was a comedy album. I know. Were you a stand up? Crazy. Oh, I am a stand up. I started doing stand up comedy when I was like fifteen. And uh, I kept at it. And then in the 2000s, I started doing my one-woman show, Confessions of a Prairie. Well, starts with B, rhymes with which. Mm. I don't know how much you swear on your station. No, we don't. (laughs) So thank you for that. I started to have a heart palpitation. Right? No, I can't say that on all the shows. you got to be careful. Um, just Confessions of Prairie B. And it's all true stories from my life. And then um, I have a book, Confessions of it, and how I survived being Nellie Olson and learned to love being hated. Um, but I just did I just did uh, two sold-out weekends at the Sierra Madre Playhouse here in L.A. And uh, I'm going to be at the Lori Beachman in New York in May. And I'm going to – what am I doing this year? New York, Chicago, Nashville, Louisville, and I forget. Yeah. And then the next day, it's very exciting, right? Did you, so I did, and I did. I did an album. I was oh God. It was the seventies. Um, weird things went on in the seventies. Well, yeah. the, the the thing <laughs> is, okay. So Carter was in the White House, and we had a little girl. We had a little girl. We had adorable Amy Carter in the White House. We hadn't had a kid in the White House in years, and she was blonde and adorable. But she was also kind of wonderfully bookish and nerdy and smart and cute with little glasses. So I was blonde and kind of bookish and nerdy. So I got these big glasses and did a shtick in my act was like, and now Amy Carter. Well, my mother was on a comedy album a hundred million years ago um, when they did a comedy album called, and collectors will know this, The First Family with Vaughn Meter about the Kennedys. Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it was a Leave it to Carney. My mother was the voice of Caroline and John John, the kids really? on it. So somebody said, well, wait a minute. Okay, your mother was Caroline Kennedy. Ha ha, let's do an album where you're Amy Carter. And I went, yeah, what the, why not? I got nothing to do this weekend. And we, <laughs> we did it. We recorded it in a day, and then we played it that night for a group of friends and gave them pizza and beer, a lot of beer. And they laughed, and we, <laughs> and we put it out. And at the time, it was yeah, pretty darn good. I would say, I mean, I'm sure it's dreadfully dated now, but I've had people come up to me at autograph shows and go, oh, my God, I have a copy of this. Will you sign it? And no, it's still hysterical. I'm like, oh, great, good. So one more question on the comedy front. Was yeah. it? difficult for those fans to accept you when you were like the mean girl on Little House and were Little House fans like, what are you doing making with the jokes now? 
which is why I wound up doing the one-woman show. Yeah, initially there were people like, you know, and it was so weird. You know, when you're on TV, especially if you're an ex-kid actor and everything, people are like, oh, you shouldn't, you should try to, like, make a total, well, try to not talk about Little House. Okay, the thing's on in 140 freaking countries. We're now having this year's our 50th anniversary of Little House of the Prairie, and it's still on three, four times a day, and they're streaming it on Amazon. Girl, I hope you get residuals. That's all I'm going to say. I do, except the streaming. The streaming is bad. Good for you, though. We had the strike, and now we may get something. But if it's not streaming, like the regular reruns, yes, they send a check. It's very small. It's been 50 years. <laughs> oh. It's tiny now. It was great. when Okay, reruns first started. First week of reruns, it was lovely. It's been 50 years. The checks are very small. But by God, they send them. They send them by God. <laughs> Good. Even if it's, you know, more than the stamp. Let's yeah, just I, go I, with that. Twenty nine ninety nine. I will take it. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> We've got people texting in on our Michael's yes, Bath yes. tax line, and from the 618 over in Illinois, they're saying, Hi, Carney, is this uh, Nellie Olson interview live, uh-huh. real time? If so, could you have her say some mean things before she hangs up? <laughs> that would be fun. And then somebody yeah. else says, She's really hilarious. Weird. I know. It's 50 years later, and people d- still, they will like say, Can you say, Who's going to do the cooking and country girls? And uh, luckily, I find that amusing. So, yeah, I can still, yeah. Yeah, at least you're nice about it. Not everybody is that was a child actor, right? Well, that's not what they're looking right. for. They right. Want, well, that's they what they didn't me. get their money. You know, yeah. their parents stole their trust fund and they're not getting residuals. <laughs> I guess. Allison Armgrim with us, Little House on the Prairie, where it began, but certainly uh, a life of show business and entertaining us. And. Looking at your roots and the family, there was no mm-hmm. doubt you were going to do what you do because now, again, I'm leaning on Wikipedia for this, which often blows up right yeah. in my face. Right. But they said that your mom yes. was the voice of Casper and the voice of Gumby, damn it. My mother, my mother was Caroline and John John, the first family album. She was Gumby. Which means also when Prickle and Goo showed up, she was Goo. She was Casper and Whoa. Nightmare and Wendy and Spooky. And she was Sweet Polly Purebred Underdog's girlfriend and Davy of Davy and Goliath. Oh my wow. gosh. That and this right? is before Amazing. women had the opportunity to do that sort of thing. Very rare. Oh, it was huge. There were okay, there were like a handful of people. This is what like June Foray. June yeah. Foray. Right, who was like Rocky and Rocky and Bullwinkle. There were like five women, maybe, who were the voices and did everything. And my mother was one of them. If you get, there's a book called The Magic Behind the Voices. She's like a whole chapter. She's one of those people. She's one of the famous cartoon people who did, yeah, she was in everything. Also on our Michael's Bath text line, I named my cat Nellie because <gasps> she has a mean streak yeah. <laughs> after your character. I, I get this a lot. You know, people name their children Laura and Mary after the show. <laughs> they named the cats Nellie. I met someone in France. They named their cow Nellie. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's funny. Good. That's what I get. Their cow. They name. I'm a cow. I'm a cow in. But I'm a cow in France. How touching. <laughs> How touching. Do you keep in touch with any of your old TV family? Oh, yeah. No, constantly. And the thing is, because we we definitely, we blew it up for the 40th anniversary when we we did a bunch of events. And the 50th, we're out of control. Um, The the tours opened with my show in in Sierra Madre. And then my next thing is this, the St. Louis Working Women Show. And then I go to France. And then I get back just in time to do the huge cast reunion uh, in Simi Valley, California, and jump on a plane, drive, hitch a ride, whatever. You should come. Because... It's um, 
Simi Valley, the week at 22, 23, 24th of March, the weekend of the 23rd of March, the entire cast is coming. We've got recreations of the sets. It's the memorabilia. It's going to be insane. I'm it's down for that. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. You should come. And then it goes from there. Then I think we go we go to Kentucky, and then we go to Missouri, and then we 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 go to Nashville at one point. We go to Branson. Um, we have huge cast reunions all year long because it's the 50th, and we're like, well, what the heck? Let's do it. Did you ever come across Jen Landon, who's become popular, Michael Landon's daughter oh, in Yellowstone? Fabulous. She is fabulous. No, because she was she was a, a bambino when I was last seen her. It's like people ask me if I knew Chris Landon, the wonderful director who's done some yeah. great horror movies. I'm like, he was adorable. He was too. He was wearing water wings in the shallow end of the pool when I left. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the days people are, But my generation, Landon had so many kids. My generation of Landon kids are Mike Jr. and Leslie. I knew that. That's my age. It just goes on and on. There's Landon's going all the way down to like high school. But Jen is amazing. And have you watched every now and then when Jennifer Landon makes a certain face and like scrunches up her nose? She looks like Michael Landon yeah. in a blonde wig. Like the eyebrows go and she has the dimples and it's like freakish. I have had that moment myself <laughs> watching Yellowstone. Yeah. Where right? you look I mean, like I Michael knew Landon? him. And mm-hmm. she, she makes that face and I go, ah! <laughs> All right, so you're going to be at the Working Women's Survival Show. I am. I am. Let's talk yes. about that. How? What are you going to talk about? Are you going to be answering questions? Are you going to be yes. making jokes? Are you going to be mean? All of the above, because we have um, always have Q and A. I have a Q and A in my stand back because people just got to know things. Um, I will be talking about well being being a working woman myself. Um, I will be talking about business. I mean, I have loose gravel productions, and obviously, I've been figuring out how to get a, a New York Times bestselling book and a hit stand up show and travel the whole country and produce a show. In France and so on and so forth. Um, so tips on being a working woman, as well as how I wrote the book and how I survived crazy ex-child stardom. And then, yes, I will be funny or try. And then I will uh, absolutely have a Q&A section because in my stand-up show, I literally have cards printed that say, ask Allison anything that we hand out to the audience beforehand. Wow, that's a dangerous little road to go down. It is, but they're little house fans are alarmingly nice. It's amazing. I've I've been to so many cons and things where I meet the other celebrities and their fans are mean to them, and I'm like, that's not a fan. Um, little house fans are nice. We we even even our stalkers are nice. It's, it's, Friday, don't say that. Friday, nice February sixteenth. <laughs> 17th and 18th, mm-hmm. the Working Women's Survival Show. You can go online to get those tickets, and you could ask, ask your question. If we and didn't... I'll be there all weekend. I'll be signing things and selling books and talking to people and meet and greets. And on the Sunday, you know, they have that big chef stage. They have a big cooking stage. They have a whole cooking stage with famous chefs and things. Okay, what is it everybody wants to see me cook? Cinnamon chicken, like the Almanzo episode. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I will all make right. cinnamon chicken live on stage. Cannot wait. Looking forward to it. We're doing all not, the crazy stuff. The animal's not hurt, is it? <laughs> Sorry, just wondering. I do. I do eat the chickens. I don't eat cows. Weirdly, see cows. Maybe it's because cows are named after me. I don't know. Oh, that right. could but be. I, I do eat the chickens, but but yes, we we all hang out together. Our cast, um, me and Dean Butler, Almanzo, we've got a, a 50th anniversary commemorative podcast we're doing. It's uh, so all of us prairie folk are all still hanging out together. It's lovely. Good stuff. Thanks Explains so much. Explains all the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, working Woman Survival Show, 
16th, 17th, 18th February, St. Charles Convention Center. We will see you then. Oh, yes, please. They didn't say anything mean, though. Will you just say something mean before we leave? I guess I could say, um, your paw smells like a dirty horse. Ouch. Could you say it again with more feeling? I mean, that's the thing. It's just just so mean on the show. I don't know. I guess it was the stuttering episode was the meanest. That was really horrible. Oh. I made that poor child say Peter Piper picked a pick. I can't I can't even say it. And there no. I am torturing that kid. Say it louder. I can't hear you. It oh. was really creepy. It was so creepy. Wow. I was creepy. It was a good job, but I was creepy. You were creepy. <laughs> we'll see you at the Working Women's Survival yeah, Show. For sure. It's going to be fun. Okay. Get here safely. Bye. I will. Bye. Wow. I'd like to borrow just a little bit of that energy. You know, she was fascinating, and the I thought she was about great. her mom. I had no idea she yeah. was such an accomplished. And voice she actor. still sounds like she did as a kid, and then it's like there's no faking that. Except she was nicer. Yeah, she was nicer. And it's funny how like being a mean girl is like fashionable now. I mean, back then it was like she stood out as wow, that look at that behavior. Now it's like mean girls is like the thing. Mean girls are are on their way out. We're back into the mob wife I era. Hope so yeah, somebody tell my bride. Um, DelmarGardens.com will give you a pretty good rundown, too, of all the services that they have. And not only that, but retirement communities that are available to you. And not just here. I mean, if you wanted to live somewhere else, possibly, uh, take a look at where they have those facilities. And maybe you start a new, new town, new friends, but all the same love, care, and understanding that they offer at all of their facilities and with all of their services. See what they have and see what fits your life or the life of a loved one. Online, DelmarGardens.com. Oh, I see. Blue Collar Man, Working Woman Survival Show. Or am I reading too much into that, Maximilian? Yeah, I thought it was a nice bridge from working women to blue-collar man to world records. There you go. Well done, indeed. And it's just about every single day I have a story about somebody who got a world record uh, approved by Guinness. We have some even in our city. We've talked about it on the show of asking listeners... And amongst ourselves, what what do you think you could do that would uh, immortalize you for eternity? I came up a little short. No surprise. We all do, John. <laughs> the science of Guinness World Records is doing a, a traveling exhibit, and it's at the City Museum. And we want to know more about it. So we turn to the director of traveling shows for Guinness he is John Corcoran. John, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on today. What a cool job, first of all. Are you... You uh, know, go ahead. It's, a, it's, it's a great job. It's, uh, you know, I sort of work for a little bit for both Ripley's, believe it or not, and Guinness World Records. And ultimately, my job when I get up in the morning is to make sure families on vacation and their leisure time are enjoying themselves. And that's a, that's a pretty good gig. <laughs> We used to do a weekly conversation, I forget his name now, uh, a guy from Canada, and his job was to carry around the Guinness... Um, uh, oh, Ripley's, right? Ripley's. Or- I mean, aren't they tied together, Ripley's and Guinness? We are sister companies. We yeah. have the same owner. And he went around the world and just bought stuff in auctions and mummies and shrunken heads in his carry-on bag, and like, that's a wild job, too. 
Talk about the, before we get to what's at the exhibit, talk about the process of how one goes from, I'm pretty good at this, and next thing you know, they're getting a certificate of completion. Well, you know, I'm glad you guys are, are debating this. Like, what would you, you know, what could you set a Guinness World Record title at? So, because whilst we're famous for the book, if you bring up the name, everybody remembers having the book when they were a kid and the tall man in the book and all that kind of fun stuff. What we're really about is people. I mean, what would Guinness World Records be without all those people breaking records? Um, and, you know, our philosophy at its core is that everybody in the world can be the best at something. Let's find out what that is for you. Let's try to, way to, try to find a way to make it official according to our strict criteria of what makes a record. Go ahead and do that attempt, and if so, maybe we can celebrate your success, and you can get that Guinness World Record certificate you know, for, your, for your wall. And you know what? Everybody in the world can be the best at something. you just got to find out what it is for you. It might be something really unique, but uh, everybody's got it in them. It could be growing the longest fingernails. You don't know. you got to start somewhere. It could, you know, that one takes about sixty years, just to let you know. So yeah, so you better get be on. Really, it. really committed oh, to that one. Gosh, so, no, thank you. And we, and we do have those in our collection, by the way. The gentleman finally decided to cut them off. <laughs> so, oh, oh, enjoy your lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Enjoy but what's cool is that. You know, no matter what that record is, we see you all on the same playing field. So that 12-year-old kid who does the cup stacking at the competitions on the weekend at his school, you know, we see him just as valuable as Usain Bolt or the man who built the tallest building in the world. Again, let, let us celebrate that success that you can achieve based on your unique skills. We even have record categories for impaired people. Just again, we, we believe everybody in the world can be the best at something. Let's celebrate that. I can't even begin to guess how many different records you guys have because there's the, you know, the ones you would expect, fastest person, most words spoken in a minute, you know, stayed awake the longest, whatever. But then you get way into the woods and there's like most paper plates thrown at a goat in a single day or, you know, how many are there? Well, there's about 58,000 in the database right now. Now, not all of those are current, and, and sometimes we have a category that, that no one has attempted yet. Uh, so there, there are minimums set for that. So there is a few criteria for a record. It's got to be measurable. So we never do things like ugliest dog because <laughs> you can't really measure that. We do have a record for the dog that won the most ugly dog contest because, again, that's measurable. So we do like the records to be breakable. So you can't just have one where you're, you know, you're the the answer is one or something like that because we always want it to be able to be broken. So it needs to be standardizable. So you know that's the really the tricky part often. So if it's something you know crazy about throwing something, you know it has to be a specific weight. It generally has to be something that you can buy, uh, you know, commercialize those kind of things. So it's so there's some very specific criteria. There's an entire records management team that puts together this crazy criteria because you know it's it's important for it to be a fair playing field. What's the process? I mean, I remember when my son was in high school, he could do an amazing amount of Papa Shot baskets in a very short period of time. Just, I mean, it was really crazy how fast. But how would you even submit something like that? Would you, would you video it and mail it in? What's the proof? So we, we actually sort of prefer you to do it the other way. So just go to GuinnessWorldRecords.com. There's a little button at the top that says set a record. Search for the record you're interested in. Um, again, there's 58,000. 
If it's a new category, something that we don't have listed that you would like us to develop, we're willing to take a look at that. There's the exorbitant cost of five U.S. dollars to do that, and that mostly just keeps people from submitting ridiculous things that we then have to sort through. So, But we're often happy to make a new category. There'll be specific requirements for the evidence. Obviously, in the Papa shot, we're going to need the video, and, and you know, generally, like, the video has to have a clock in it that's uninterrupted. You know, you can't cut between two different videos, those kinds of things. So very, very specific criteria. It's funny you mentioned Papa Shot. Very, very competitive category. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. How often is a record broken by the person that had set the record? That just happens probably a few times a year. We get about a thousand applications a week. Um, generally, eighty or ninety percent of those are, uh, you know, I'll say, you know, not eligible kind of thing. Uh, come, probably comes down to one or two hundred that are serious attempts. Uh, by the time you go through the entire process, that probably gets cut in about half. Um, again, you know, you got to have the right evidence and and you have to follow all the specific rules and everything. But uh, there are a few we call them serial record breakers. Those are either people that continue. <laughs> break their own record or people that just keep attempting different records. Um, the city museum has a few wonderful artifacts from a fella in New York named Ashrita Furman and Ashrita holds the Guinness world record title for holding the most Guinness world record titles. So he has set over 200 different Guinness world records. Yeah. I was wondering if that was a category as well. So you mentioned validating the, these things like having a clock if you're doing the Papa shot. <laughs> So you may not know this number offhand, but do you get a large percentage of people stating that they did this the fastest or the highest or the slowest and did a little investigating and found out, no, you didn't? Yes, we do, unfortunately. Uh, and again, I think some of it is just not quite understanding you know, what's, uh, what's required and so forth. One of the criteria I didn't mention is verifiable. So, you know, it really needs to be verifiable. So people that say, well, I've read the longest. Well, we really can't verify that. You could just be sitting there looking at the book. You know, there is records for reading out loud because, again, that can be verified. So we also find that sometimes, unfortunately, people submit records on behalf of other people, often elderly people or something like that. They'll say, oh, my my grandfather's 140 years old and and they'll file that paperwork. And after some research, you know, it, it just turns out not to be accurate. So often we see the the evidence submitted on behalf of someone else that's that's not correct. When you open up the email in the morning or whoever's responsible for that, how many submissions do you get on an average day? About a thousand a week is the number we use. So it, it varies a little bit seasonable, but about, about a half thousand a week. So it's, you know, it's generally one to 200 a day that come to that uh, inbox. They get divided up by categories. So depending on what that record management team member specialty is, some people do sports, some people do buildings and people and biology, those sort of things. I'm not a lawyer, nor did I play one on TV. Or the radio. Or the radio. But I would, I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Select last night. I, I wonder how you cover your butts there at Guinness, because there's going to be records that people are going to attempt that might put them in harm's way to where they really get injured or worse. So how how do you guys stay safe from this? 
Yeah, we have eliminated, you know, I'll say many dangerous categories and categories with, you know, alcohol consumption, uh, those kind of things. <sighs> Guinness World Records is not always the final arbiter on the guidelines. We realize we can't be experts on everything. So we use outside sources. Uh, for instance, there's a record for uh, the longest time being on fire. You know how the stuntmen will light themselves on fire? Oh, sure. So we didn't write those guidelines. So we went to the Professional Stuntmen Association, the people that are experts in those, and said, you know, help us develop some criteria that's a safe format to do this. Um, you know, the uh, some of the, the uh, video game records, there's an agency that does that. Uh, the oldest person record, there's a gerontology association. So often we rely and work with third parties that are experts in that field to, to get the most accurate. We've certainly pulled back on a lot of the need nurse ones. We want every we want to celebrate your success. We, we don't want to celebrate uh, someone getting injured. Good to hear someone on our text line wanting to know where the name comes from. And I think it's tied to the beer, is it not? Sure, I'll give you the 30-second story. Uh, 1951, Sir Hugh Beaver is on a hunt in Southern Ireland with some friends. They are arguing about the fastest game bird. Sir Hugh insists it's the golden plover. His friend says, no, it's the grouse. They're staying at an estate with a wonderful library, look through hundreds of books, and cannot find the answer. Sir Hugh surmises these type of arguments must happen all the time. He thinks about it for a couple of years. In 1954, he hires a couple of famous brothers from London who create this book of records. Sir Hugh happens to be the chairman of the Guinness Brewing Company. They put the book in a waterproof cover, and they give it to the pubs that sell Guinness beer to sort of settle bar arguments. They notice immediately many people are stealing the book. <laughs> so they said, hey, why don't we reprint this for general publication? So that book's been published every year since 1955. Check, no longer associated with the brewery. Check out the, uh, the, the tour, the tour, the Science of Guinness World Records. At the City Museum, more information, go to their website or go to GuinnessWorldRecords.com. John Corcoran, thanks so much for the time and for bringing this to us. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right, take care. We'll be back. All right, got a couple of minutes before news time and more Carney Show straight ahead with Max and Julie. And uh, by his own admission, didn't take in the Grammys. That's... Max's way, it's on television. He doesn't watch TV unless people are dancing and being judged. Uh, Julie did watch it, and I actually took in almost all of it last night. I speed watched it. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I just couldn't find the remote, honestly. And Tay-Tay, of course, being adorned. And I'm sorry, and this may get me in some hot water. When she accepted one of her Grammys, and she's kind of scratching it and things, I guess, make sure it's real. She's like... I have a secret. Um, my new album will be out in April. That just sounded really. I'm so famous, I can change the movement of the planet. Wow. I mean, she it didn't mention Travis, that, did she? And that's the other thing. She didn't mention him at all. And speaking of mentions, Miley Cyrus up there a couple times. Hello, achy breaky, bought you into the world. Nothing. Billy Ray Cyrus, persona non grata. Well, I think Tish actually brought him in, brought her into the world, uh, and she was there, the mom. But I will say her hair was crazy. She looked like if Dog the Bounty Hunter and, and I don't know, Leather Tuscadero. Fawcett collection. Now, and Leather Tuscadero, remember Leather Tuscadero from Happy Days? Hey! No? Not as well as you do. Okay, well, yes. I, yeah, it just gave me... 
those kind of vibes. Well, I think her hair was key because obviously they had lots of fans going. They they certainly did because nobody else's hair was blown. Oprah looked fabulous introducing Fantasia, um, doing a Tina Turner tribute. So I said something blasphemous here at the beginning of this about Tay-Tay. I don't disagree. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought uh, it was just like, what if everybody did that? Yeah. Look, look, my new album's coming out. You can go about your lives now that you know when it's happening. What? I mean, mm. you're really talented. I'm not taking that away. And I have to say, fast cars. Unbelievable. Oh, I went through like a half box of puffs. That was so That has zoomed to amazing. the top of the charts, that rendition. And how exciting it. for him. Yeah, and but for Tracy Chapman to get her moment in the sun there, I thought sure. that was terrific. Finally. But what I thought it was incredibly well where I thought, you know, they could have taken that part out. Even the in memoriam I thought was extremely well handled. Uh but we'll uh, break it down more later. It's one o'clock. We gotta give you news, so we do. Show for Tuesday, one oh six. Look at you! Thanks for coming along. We appreciate it. We got stuff to do. Mark Kilcoin's gonna pop in a little bit later on. Oh, Schmooze down there, and of course, big news with the Battle Hawks. And yeah, we've had announcing games, an incredible show so far. We've had uh, Nellie Olson from Little House on the Prairie. We had someone from the Guinness Book of World Records, and I just confirmed a guest for tomorrow that John Carney wanted me to find. One of those random guests that you love so much. This guy is now making a living exploring abandoned places, and he posts all about it on social media and TikTok and what have you. And he's come face to face with death numerous times yeah yeah can't I've believe it seen a couple of the episodes he went to uh came once uh, it is uh, 107 thank you uh-huh good night Take everybody. A bow. yeah get out of building uh i do i do i'm sure max you know goes to bed at night going what's wrong with this man because i, I do i'm like oh you know this guy makes celebrity portraits on potato chips let's get him you know uh, and sometimes it works out. I think we all liked Pigeon Lady. I think we all ended up having actually an affinity for yeah. Pigeon Lady, and we probably need to do a wellness check. Yeah. But it's like one of those things where you see a movie that is so out there, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or something like that, where on paper, you got to think the original reaction was, what is this? But then when it comes to life, it's like, Wow, that's amazing. And sometimes that's what happens. And we'll see if it happens tomorrow. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Friday, uh, we learned of Carl Weathers' passing. And uh, boy, I always enjoyed him. And they had put a lot of pictures up uh, since his passing about, uh, like when he was at Rocky, among other things. And I don't realize how ripped he was. I mean, he was a... He oh, had a yeah. bodybuilder body. Go after Rocky, you got to be, you know, strong and studly. <laughs> All right, so I don't have that one in my arsenal. Scratch. That was Nixon, by the way, Max, in case you were wondering. I think your arsenal is Carol Channing and <laughs> Carol Channing. <laughs> well. I mean, it explains a lot. I don't want to leave anyone out. Well, okay, you've got, it's Carol Channing and Carol Buck. And then there was Kevin Meany, but he died. I was so disappointed because I thought that was my best impression. What did he sound like? 
Well, he's dead now. Well, it doesn't matter. You can, I'm not like a puppy. I don't just I do mean, a Carol trick. Carol Channing's yeah, dead, too, and you do her all the time. Yeah, but I'm always ready for a Carol Channing. I'm always ready for a Kevin. I'm not. I'm not. I don't always have my rain slick on. <laughs> okay, I get it. Took me a second, but I connected the dots. Do you know even who Kevin Meany was? Comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big guy, always Uncle Buck, always dressed very nice. Uncle yeah. Buck was John Candy. Well, in the movie. In the movie. But I think it was Meany on the TV show. It was. Yeah. Okay. Weird experience with Meany where I had him on the show because he was in town, called his hotel, didn't answer, called again, didn't answer, called down to the front desk to see if he was still there, and they're like, yeah, but we can't get into his room. What? So later find out that he locked himself in his room, flooded the bathtub, which flooded the hotel room, and broke all the mirrors in his room. Oh, my so, gosh. probably some issues happening there at the time. Yeah, I would imagine so. I don't know what it was or why it was. Wow, Uncle Buck the TV show. I didn't even know that existed. I'm Same. I just looked this up. There it is, Kevin Meany. He's doing the whole uh, making pancakes scene. That went about an episode and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah, serious. If I don't remember that from 1990s, sitcom that well that, how, how do you do more than one episode and it's got my name in it i mean oh wow i loved the movie uncle buck oh yeah it's wonderful and it holds up it's really funny but i was on tv i was a much better kevin meany oh that's a good kevin meany see but then he died so i can't really do that much anymore sadly wow that's that's really good carney uh, John, treat your listeners to your Marcel Marceau impression. Thank you. <laughs> that on the Michael's Bath tech line. I recognize that number. It's either Julie or Max's phone no. number. No. So, somebody. Somebody. Uh, some things going on in the world. We're going to check in with ABC about a couple things. Later on, we get sad news from across the pond with a diagnosis of cancer for King Charles. Hello. Um, I wouldn't do that. No, I know. I yeah. couldn't help it. It's a cancer I'm sorry. <laughs> that was his I mom. I, no, it, Julie I Buck, meant everybody. that. Too soon. In a very, <laughs> I'm sorry kind of a way. Can't be doing that. He just got the diagnosis. Well, now it's a little worse. It yeah, better. it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to save her, actually. Taking one for the team. Save yourself. Uh, we have an interview also very soon coming up with Gloria Gaynor. Because uh, there's a movie coming out about her life, and it's one of these phantom production things where they film concerts or do movies, and they show it worldwide for a day in select theaters. Fathom. Is, what is did I say? Phantom. I have I a cold. It's like a horror film or I, something. Well, is it called At First I Was Afraid? I Was Petrified? No, but it's funny you should say that because at the very beginning... I kind of got that out of the way early on. You did? Yeah. Okay. She wasn't horribly amused. Yeah. I'm sure you're the first person to ever. Ever. Also, what I brought to light right there. But anyway, conversation <laughs> with her coming up and and not so much her anthem for the empowerment of women, but her own battles and her own rising above that was going on behind the scenes that we didn't see uh, from paralyzation to drugs to uh, emotional abuse. I mean, a lot of stuff. Neat lady. So 
That's coming. We got more. We got more. Um, back to the Grammys because we were up against it with uh, the clock last hour. The End Memorial and Stevie Wonder um, played part of it. Normally, there's just classical music in the background and it's a montage of pictures of people we lost into another picture of someone we lost. The way they handled this, I'd never seen, and it was even more moving. Did you watch that part? I did, yes. I thought that they did. I, I, you know, it always, to me, whenever you see those segments, it's like I was here, I lived through that. I'm sure we even talked about that person passing away, but it's amazing how many people we lost yeah. in one year. But that, you say that every time, you, you know? Do. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, if you get a chance, go back and watch that. Uh, it is really touching. And they enlist the help of several musical artists, and some of them actually tied into who they're tributing, including wrapping it up with a tribute to Tina, which was really cool, I thought. Although I didn't know that woman that was doing that singing. Did you? Are you talking about when Fantasia, when Oprah introduced Fantasia Barino to Is get that, up there and do the I, Tina Turner? No, Where she did the whole Barino. thing. I ordered that once at Palmano's. It was delicious. <laughs> she used to be on American Idol a All long time ago, okay. and she's been in movies. She's she's, she's a in the super color purple yeah. Right she's now. right now currently starring in that, and she's uh, wildly talented. Now, yeah, that will anybody up. ever? begin to touch you know where tina turner's level of talent was probably not i mean it's that's a tough thing to take on at the grammys and annie lennox did part of the end memoriam and it showed you know several people and it ended with sinead o'connor and she was singing nothing compares to you so it all it all tied in but i don't know if it was annie's makeup or she had been crying and her eye makeup dripped down one eye. She looked kind of like, it was like Alice Cooper makeup with this black line going down the side of her face. She's going to cry, though. It makes sense. It's during the segment where we're honoring the people who have passed. Sure. But she came out out looking like that. Too soon, Julie. Okay. I don't know how much mail we can okay. take. Okay, I'm sorry. Gosh. You have to bring somebody on to... Uh, Defending everybody right and left. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know if that was stage makeup or that was as a result of her sadness. Uh, some people chiming in about Jay-Z's rant. Yeah, it wasn't. I didn't care for that. And the Beyonce has more... Grammys and anybody, but never had record of the year. Way to Kanye. Yeah, it's it's strange how he would go on a rant about that because it's not like she doesn't have Grammys. She has a ton of Grammys. So it's kind of right. like going to a restaurant and getting the great steak and go, we didn't get the the dessert. Where's the you got this amazing steak? You're yeah. it's fine. What do you what? Yeah, I was. It was. I odd. think it's more almost embarrassing to, to Beyonce in a way. She it's like like what. What? I mean, I won all these Grammys. Is that not pleasing enough to you? Yeah, we're out of bookcase space. What are we going to do? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, hats off to Ken. I can't think of his last name. 
We talked to him on Friday, who is the executive producer of that. And if uh, Ben Winston, all of the, where did I get Ken? Well, Ken's Ben backwards. I would <laughs> love to see him be in charge of all of the award shows going forward. Yeah, I thought that that, that stood out um, for one of the better shows I've seen in years. It moved quickly. I was never at a point where I'm like, ah, what else is on? Yes. So, yeah. Like uh, the Golden Globes. That kind of drudged on and on and I on. I heard that Trevor Noah, and again, I didn't watch the show. He did a show. great job. I heard that he was making with the jokes, yes, but he was very positive the and whole night. And he was brief. And so many of these hosts, because of Ricky Gervais, they try to be mean. Look at Joe Coy over at the uh, the last award show. Yeah, that, that's right. at the Globe. He tried to be mean. Everybody, and he was very positive and bringing everybody up. And I wonder if that will inspire whoever hosts the Oscars to maybe be a little more positive. Well, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel. Haters got to yeah. hate, hate, hate. Well, there goes any chance I had of uh, hosting the Grammys. Uh, was that close? As long as it's tailor-approved. I was that close. She's starting to get on the cusp of bugging. And I oh, I just... stop. Yeah. Max? I got to admit it. Cusp of bugging? She is. <laughs> that is a band name. Okay. Oh, yes. She's on the cusp of bugging. Yes. Fantastic. Well done. Well done indeed. So we got the big game coming up uh, Sunday. Looking forward to that. Super excited. Getting kind of stressful in my house since I'm the only 49ers fan. I ordered a Kansas City Chiefs sweater. Did you get it yet? It hasn't come in the mail. The bedazzled one? Oh, no. The Kathy Hilton dress? Let's see. No, no. Didn't you get like a jeweled oh, Chiefs thing? I did, and it hasn't shown up yet. I can't wait. Watch it. Watch it come next Monday. It will. I'm oh, going to have to call and see man. if it's on its way. So, but the bets are on two Caesars Sportsbook in uh, Vegas. One better placing 800 thousand dollar bet on the coin toss that's somebody i mean with money to burn right give it there. to a charity for heaven's sake but as far as bets you got a guaranteed 50 50 you know right. just like who's gonna win who's gonna lose if you're gonna put that much money on the line money, money it's just gonna be heads or tails right so i guess it's not that far-fetched of a bet but a hundred thousand dollars uh, and I don't know how betting works, actually, but they say in this story, you bet $100,000, it would pay out a profit of more than ninety five grand. I I don't understand that. So I you'd thought, get your 100000 back plus 95000 Why wouldn't you win another $100,000? <laughs> because of the odds, I guess. Maybe that's sometimes more heads than tails or tails than heads. Again? I don't know either. I I'm not going to pretend it. like I and do. The spread keeps changing. It opened with the 49ers as two-point favorites. Then it was a one-point favorite. Then I heard it was even up. I don't know. I'm Did no, you see that Patrick Mahomes Sr. Oh, got in a little trubs? Yeah. Dad had a DUI. Not his first. No. They did a little digging and found another one as well, and sadly that's going to... That's sad. I immediately thought of his son you know, being in this big moment in his life during this... It's a short career, you know, for these guys to get all this glory and they have to live on either side of it, getting there and then living a life after post all the glory. I I don't know. That has to affect him in some way. His dad's at the games all the time and the parents are divorced, but he's there. He's on the scene. I got to believe, though, that it brings Patrick closer to Andy Reid 
because other than being a coach and a player and that relationship, they both have the experience of relatives getting in legal trouble in high profile situations. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's a shame. And on the text line, what's the point of having Jay-Z's daughter on stage with him? Um, Bring your daughter to work day? I mean, Maybe. I thought I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that was cute. I just thought that the rant was a little much. But and you said she's got a Grammy of her own, does she? I think it's like her crying and as a baby. Uh, the text on the Michaels bath text on eight four one two six. Those are commissions on the bets. The house gets five percent, and someone Ooh. else says, "quote That's the juice, you dumbbells." So, okay, wow. I haven't heard, I have not been called a dumbbell, a dumbbell since my grandmother was alive. It makes me happy. Get it done, you dumbbell. That's what she used to say. Ugh. Brings back some painful memories. It, no, to me, it makes me happy. makes me laugh. <laughs> Thanks for the dumbbell. We're dumbbells. You're oh, a dumbbell. Hand me that dunce cap, will you please, Jules? <laughs> I should go sit in the corner. I you think. really should. I should. All this wonderful information coming to us from you, and that is all compliments of Michael's Baths, which, by the way, is a locally owned, family owned company. 30 years of experience for them, and what does it mean to you? A new, really cool bathroom you enjoy spending time in and don't dread it, because you're going to have to go in there for something sometime. And with the work they do, it comes along with a lifetime warranty. Installation done by professionals, five-star service, in and out quickly, and not going to leave a big mess for you. And check out the Better Business Bureau, as you should for really anybody you consider hiring to do some stuff in your house or office. A-plus rated. I'll save you some time. There you go. A-plus rated. So if you're looking for a tub to shower conversion or a walk-in tub um, or a shower with safety features, like with the railings, they can do it all. they got financing options. It's all there. Check them out online, michaelsbaths.com, or call them on the phone. The phone. On the phone. 636-775-0800, michaelsbaths.com. back uh and it was friday on the show we've learned of the passing of carl weathers he he uh, passed away on thursday but uh, what a great career certainly in acting and you know apollo creed comes to everybody's mind personally i like the uh happy gilmore um scenes he was in with the fake hand he had on that always cracked me up but a lot of stuff and max pointed out that he was in the Mandalorian and, and got some hardware for that. Um, one thing I didn't realize, and not surprised because of the way he was ripped, he played professional football. And I think I probably even saw him play. Time-wise, it works out. 1970, he was a member of the Oakland Raiders. Wow. Uh, and he only played in like seven games. He was having knee trouble and his acting was taking off too and... That was less physically painful, I guess. Um, and I guess he owes the acting career to John Madden because Madden cut him from the Raiders. <laughs> and the quote was this, you're just too sensitive. 
<laughs> oh, my gosh. And went on to act. Apollo Creed and others. We go back and we remember Carl Weathers. It's the Big 550 KTRS Carney Show. Welcome back. Greetings, loved ones. Joining us now, Carl Weathers. And before we get to tonight's airing of Toy Story of Terror on ABC, I got to ask, how's the hand? Hey, the hand's back, man. Is it? Microsurgery. Got it taken care of. It's functioning all right. Gotta love the Gorilla Glue. Technology, it's just the strangest thing, right? And isn't it hilarious? With a little gorilla glue, hey. Isn't it funny? I mean, it works. Isn't it funny, though, with with the large body of work, what people manage to hone in on and you can never get away from? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, you know, from from each movie, there's something that people will focus on. And uh, the hand being one of them, of course. I mean, you can't, you can't. But of course, when something is so ridiculous as that hand, come on, how could you not hone in on that? I would think the nice thing of that is people stopped coming up to you making that boxing move, and you finally shook off Apollo Creed, at least partially. At least partially, yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't get rid of Apollo Creed completely. There's this. He's almost like, uh, my God, it's like, you know. People use the word iconic all the time, but that character is truly iconic no matter which culture you're in. That character is all over the world, you know? Uh, but then, hey, Arrested Development, Predator, Action Jackson, you name it, man. Those characters have made such impact uh, in the film business that I'm not complaining. Now we find you in Toy Story, and we get Toy Story of Terror, which will air tonight at 7 o'clock Central Time on ABC, and that uh, hooks you up with another wildly successful franchise. Oh, who'd have thought, you know, years ago, when the first uh, Toy Story came on, that, Carl, if you just sit around long enough, they'll eventually call you, and they did. They did, and I not only get to play Combat Carl, but I also get to voice the character Combat Carl Jr., who's a third the size of Combat Carl. So Combat Carl has his own mini-me, so to speak, you know? And you don't have to deal with Sylvester Stallone, which has got to be kind of cool. Hey, what's cool about it is I didn't have to deal with anybody but the producers and the director in the booth. You get to be all by yourself and be as creative as you can be, man. It was so fun. Shh, quiet, soldier. You lead them right to us. This place isn't safe for toys. Combat Carl is going to take his hand away now. You yell, we're done for. Got it? Mm-hmm. Combat Carl's seen things. Horrible things. Combat Carl's learned you got to keep moving, or else they find you. Are you Combat Carl? The only thing that's kept Combat Carl going is the thought he might see his owner, Billy, just one more time. No makeup or any of that. No hours in makeup, okay? None. No wardrobe. Just go in the booth and be as good as you can be. Now, were you a fan of the the Toy Story franchise? Absolutely. I mean, come on, how could you not be? First of all, it's great storytelling. Pixar just does a great job, and the animation is the best animation in the business. So when you get Pixar, Disney combined with all the you know traditional great storytelling, and and then you get a character who has your you know your first name, and it's Combat Call. I mean, uh, that's like, wow, <laughs> is this really happening? Yeah. It was fantastic to be a part of. I'm going to bounce around a bit because largely I have uh, ADD and I can't 
focus on much of anything for very well, long. Which means you're, you're not alone. <laughs> That's most of the world. Isn't let's it? let's go back to the the athletic years before acting was even in the picture. Playing for our former coach here in St. Louis, Don Coriel, back in San Diego State, and later as a professional football player, the Oakland Raiders was acting on the radar, or was it when? The body went and sports wasn't a possibility that you thought, well, maybe I'll try that. No, actually, I was a theater major at San Diego State. Uh, I started doing plays when I was a kid in grade school. So it was always in my blood. And, uh, you know, I got my degree in theater and was fortunate enough to be a decent athlete. Went to San Diego State on scholarship, majored in theater, got my chance to play for the Raiders. Played for the Raiders, then went to Canada, played for the B.C. Lions in Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, about 1974, that's when I said, you know what, I, 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 think, I think I've had enough. I know what I really want to do. I'm going to give myself a shot in Los Angeles. Came to Los Angeles the next year, and, you know, <laughs> I was really fortunate. Started working very quickly, and before you knew it, 1976, I guess it was, uh, the end of 76, uh, we started making Rocky. And the rest, as they say, is history. Without a ranked contender, what this fight is going to need is a novelty. This is the land of opportunity, right? So Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. A snow-white underdog, and I'm going to put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. And a lot of other people in this country are just as sentimental, and there's nothing they'd like better than to see Apollo Creed give a local Philadelphia boy a shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Now, that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's going to be. Apollo, I like it. It's very American. No, Jurgens. It's very smart. I've talked to a couple of other African-American actors who have been in what's been coined uh, black exploitation films. And I know you did a couple with Buck Down and Foster Friday and I guess maybe to a certain extent Action Jackson. Is that something that when you look back on, you're like, well, maybe I wish I kind of hadn't have done that? Or did you get much flack from the community about it? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, there were, there were two positives. One was, it was a time in which, you know, there was a real kind of renaissance for black actors and black creative people who had a chance to make movies, you know? The movie business was really just banging along at the time. And yeah, the moniker was given black exploitation, you know, call it what you will. It was movie making, and those movies made a lot of money. Uh, and, you know, it was the beginning of a career, uh, uh, you know, as with anything, uh, the trajectory was there you are, you get a chance to do what you love doing, make movies, to act as it was at the time, and it was an introduction to Hollywood, and look where it went from there. So how, you know, it's like, uh, I, I don't have work that I have done that I would say I'm not proud of. I would say there's some movies that just weren't as good as I thought they could be, or some, you know, shows that I was in that I thought could have been better, but I don't think there's an actor alive who, who's never been in a show, you know, that they thought, man, oh, that could have been a lot better than it was. And so I have, you know, I just have fond memories of uh, the work I've done, and I've been able to work with a tremendously gifted group of actors and directors over the years, uh, from Pam Greer to 
my God, from Yafet Kodo, uh, uh, so many successful actors, and, and you know Harrison Ford and Robert Shaw and Stallone, and, and you name it. And whatever happened to them, you know? Well, I think most of them are still around and do it very well. <laughs> And throw onto that resume a Michael Jackson music video, and I think you've pretty much covered the acting trifecta. Man, I'll tell you, I have, uh, yeah, I, you know, yeah, even 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 back then with Michael and, you know, and oh my goodness, I've, I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, I did that, and and I remember being, we did the same little scene together with Whoopi Goldberg, and I'm trying to remember who else was there on that shoot on that day there was so many people it was amazing how do we follow you online i'm on twitter uh it's at the carl weathers at the carl weathers that's where we'll go as well as to abc tonight the toy story legacy continues with toy story of terror (laughs) that's it that's it enjoy it families because it's a great family show what a pleasure i hope our paths cross again Thanks so much, Carney. Appreciate it. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Duke of Sussex is flying home to the U.K. to be reunited with his father in the wake of the King's cancer diagnosis. Uh, He was recently in the hospital, King Charles I'm talking about, and Harry is going to go home and visit him since we got this news. Uh, and I think that that's, that's a good sign of the family coming together. I, I wonder when it, they got together last time. Uh, oh, it's been, been a, a minute. It's yeah. been a hot minute. So I'm glad they're getting they're getting together, especially in, in the wake of this uh, very sad news. So Taylor Swift got ripped a little bit today on The View. They were kind of going after her about not giving Celine Dion the props, kind of brushed her aside and went on, which she kind of did. She gave her the award, and you think she would say, thank you, the greatest singer in the world, for giving me this award, Celine Dion, everybody. But she didn't. She just kind of blew past her and was like, so my next album, I'm going to go post about it now. Okay? Our country loves to build people up and then tear them down. down. She's doing nothing different than she's done in years past. Pick her up and put her on hold. She's (laughs) announced albums at the Grammys in the past. This is the same stuff she's always done, and yet now people want to tear her down. That I, from Captain no. Non-Bias over there. I just want to say that Celine Dion is suffering from what they call stiff person syndrome, and they, you know, she hasn't been out in public, and this was kind of a big deal, and she brought Taylor on, and then Taylor just kind of brushed over. I think that that's worth saying. I mean, if, yeah. I know, I'm, the whole stiff person syndrome I'm trying to figure out for a person who has performed concerts globally for thousands upon thousands of people now feels like I'm too nervous to be in front of people. How did, I, I mean, don't think that, it's that. I think it's like a muscular like disorder. Like stiff, I can't, I can't, I can't move, move kind of thing? Is what I got out of what I read. But, you know, Wikipedia, they'll get you every time. True story. Uh, well, all right. So it was kind of about Taylor last night. Early in the night, she won her 13th Grammy. Oh, so exciting. Uh, and that's her lucky number. I don't know if you knew that. And during her speech, she dropped that announcement. The Tortured Poets Department, that's the next April, it drops, or the, the next, next album, it drops April 19th. And, and I will say again, not one word about Travis. I don't know if that means anything or not. We'll have to see. It's over. As you just heard, and we got it's to hear over. from the late Carl Weathers just now in the Big 550, he passed away 
Last Thursday night, he was 76 years old, best known for playing Apollo Creed in the four Rocky movies. But before he passed, he actually recorded a commercial for FanDuel's Kick of Destiny Super Bowl ad campaign. For this year? For this year. And there's a teaser with Rob Gronkowski that's going around. But now they're making changes to it. Quote, we're adjusting our campaign accordingly out of respect for the family during their time of grief. So I'd like to see the original and I'd like to see, you know, what they came up with. I don't see how that would be disrespectful entirely. I think... Maybe input from the family would sway heavily one way or another, but... Well, it depends on what he said in the commercial. Right. If he was trying to be funny, and he said something like, I wouldn't be caught dead without FanDuel. Well, you yeah. You can't air that. That's true. <laughs> so, well, okay. Fair yeah. point. Game, set, max on that one. Game, set, max. Uh, Sarah Evans is 54 today. Suds in the bucket. You know that song? Suds in the bucket. I don't. hanging on the line. No, okay. Roger Staubach is 82 today. What team did he play for, Carney? Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, see, I knew you would know that. 71 years ago, Walt Disney's Peter Pan opened at the Roxy Theater in New York City. 23 years ago, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman announced that they were breaking up. She went on to marry Keith Urban five years later. And 22 years ago, where were you when Winona Ryder first pleaded innocent to her four felony shoplifting charges? Wow. That was weird. Where was I? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I think you were somewhere on the radio. I was tonight. probably shoplifting too somewhere. <laughs> Weird. You, maybe you were together. Uh, tonight on TV, pretty much The Bachelor is about the only thing of note, unless you're streaming something. That's what I got. Now, let's go to the homemade jokes. Fresh out the oven with John Carney. Not a lot going on in the news, but I uh, found a few things that just broke, so I glued them together. Here's what we got, a proposal by the city of St. Charles that would give voters the power to authorize a new city hall complex. Not going over well with some residents. Mayor Dan Borgmeyer said it would cost $41 million to renovate the building, and he believes it's time to leave the current city hall and build an entire new complex. He said, quote, we have four people in a room where we should have one. We're on top of each other. And I just got to tell you, as a friend... Mayor Dan, wouldn't it just be easier to put down a twister board? <laughs> Left foot blue. Anybody? Anybody play twister? I don't, I don't know. I think it's illegal. My favorite, Kanye West, <laughs> channeled horror villain icon Jason Voorhees as he rocked a hockey mask to a family event in L.A. on Friday. Jason first appeared in the Friday the 13th movies back in 1980. Initiating his tear at Camp Crystal Lake. However, the character didn't don his now legendary hockey mask until the third installment. I just thought I'd mention that before Max did. Kanye, 46, seemingly felt it was appropriate to debut his hockey mask at his son's basketball game. Weirdly, Jordan Bennington was seen at a party over the weekend in a Kanye mask. Well... (laughs) What are the chances? <laughs> Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump, maybe you've heard about him, finally revealed who he's eyeing as his potential vice president. In an interview with Fox News, airing yesterday, the former president revealed that South Governor Christy Noem and South Carolina Senator Tim Scatare currently are on the short list to become his running mate in 2024, unless 
unless he can pick himself. The Trump Trump ticket. An American adult film actor who has advocated for Palestinians online during Israel's war on Hamas, traveling all the way to Iran and visiting the former U.S. Embassy in Tehran. Whitney Wright criticized as the country has cracked down on women significantly. Ironically, she was dressed as a pizza delivery worker. That's everything. I told you there weren't a lot going on. That's the whole deal. Now, some commercials from clients while we still have them. I don't want to bring down the room too much. But uh, on the news this morning, I was watching some of the footage of what they're dealing with out in California. And it is terrifying. They are getting winds higher than they have ever seen, like tornado gale force winds. Like in the L.A. area, fairly highly populated areas and lots of rain causing lots of flooding And I remember this as a child in California, with a lot of uh, rain comes uh, the compromising of the soil underneath. So you end up with a lot of landslides and stuff like that. And that's happening as we speak, um, even up in the Hollywood Hills where... I saw that this morning in the news. There's people that don't expect disasters because they have pretty charmed existence. Now their house is moving. Um, Yeah, it's really sad. Hollywood Hills, Beverly Hills under a flash flood warning about a million and a half people uh, covered there. Nine inches of rain falling in the area, more coming. It's uh, it's ugly. It's nasty. How would you like to run the switchboard at Beverly Hills Community Hall or whatever the it is? The police department Yeah, or and have all these people from Beverly Hills. Like, Do you know who I am? Yeah. There's a Everybody. foot of water in my kitchen. Do you know I was on 12 shows and I have an Academy Award? Right. Get, get up here. Yeah, I think there would be some of that. I would imagine. Absolutely. I don't want to name names, but I did start a list. Um, but in earnest, you know, it's a tragic situation. Uh, it's also the wind. They showed some of the trees that were were blown over and you know California known for those big redwoods there were trees with like 30 foot trunks that were completely uprooted and of course when those trees fall they hit power lines hence power outages so thousands upon thousands without uh, power over uh up through San Francisco in the bay area 60 to 80 mile an hour winds just not something they are Accustomed to. Well, my son lives out there, and I'm really glad that he's not living in the actual city of San Francisco for many reasons. Um, but he's in Redwood City, and he's right. and they it never really you don't get a lot of rain right there. It's like a little pocket of good weather. Are you telling me it never rains in California? I am. Man, I was just going to do that. Soon. I know you could do the Apores Park, but it does rain in California apparently. And he said that they're getting you know more rain than normal. I mean, he's only lived there for a little under a year, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's definitely a problem. And I guess the weather all year long all across the country has been pretty intense, yeah. really. And Yuba City, which is about uh, 100 miles north of San Francisco, somewhere in that area, they've got some, some big problems weather-wise, too. And they, uh, they've actually um, found someone 
who uh, passed away because a big redwood tree landed on him. Oh, you could see that, yeah. Um, yeah, they're dealing with 80-mile-an-hour winds, 100-mile-an-hour winds. So, man, everybody's got something. But, again, and I don't want to jinx us, but we tend to avert major weather oh, anomalies. Oh, no jinxies. You can take that back right now. Well, I didn't say it out loud. Um, on the Michael's Baths text line, 84126, we were talking earlier in the show about Celine Dion kind of not getting like an embrace or any kind of an acknowledgement from Taylor Swift and the the people on the view, I guess you can call them people on the view <laughs> were I couldn't call them the, I couldn't say the ladies of the view plus it might be offensive. Um but they they were saying that Taylor, you know, didn't acknowledge Celine Dion and I and I kind of saw that too, but now this texter is saying that they were all told not to embrace her, meaning Celine Dion, or touch her due to her diagnosis, well, which yeah. is very serious. You could really injure her, you know. Just by touching her. So maybe there's more to it. So if that's the case, our apologies Are to Are you saying Tay-Tay. that you got something wrong? Yeah. What? Not possible. No, it's possible. So there you go, 618. They also followed up with a text that said, answer, please. So... We now know that, thanks to you. You you. got it. We deliver. Uh, It's the start of a new week, and over the weekend, there was plenty of KTRS to go around with great shows like Girl Talk and Max on Movies and Straight Talk on Retirement. And no more important time than right now to look in on your money. Money! Because, well, tax time right around the corner, and you know, somebody's going to be reaching in there and going, gimme, 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 gimme. I don't want to name names, but uh, U.S. government. Um, There might be ways to protect your assets, to increase your wealth, and do things without the help of the government. Do I know what they are? (laughs) Absolutely not. But Straight Talk on Retirement Saturday mornings offers just such answers Free of charge. And you can call in, ask questions, text in. They are available for you. So thanks to Jeff and Aaron for bringing that show every week, usually 9 to 11. Check for any discrepancies with uh, conflicts with Mizzou. But for the most part, that's when you catch it. And they are there for you. Mark Kilcourt's going to talk sports with us a little bit later on. It's true. We finally get a bit of the Battle Hawks schedule. Did you guys see the uh, AI art that the Battle Hawks unleashed today? No. The AI art? Yes, the AI art. They uh, released posters for each of their matchups for all the teams. Like they're uh, battling the Defenders and the, you know, whatever the other teams are, right. the Renegades. And they, I guess, with these AI programs, you type in what you wanted to, you know, like an eagle or a hawk in battle oh, gear. There the you go. Arch, and then they have, you know, and so they made these posters. They look really cool. I know a lot of people are anti-AI art. I think it looks pretty cool. And they, they're they on the Twitter page right now, or the X page right now for the Battle Hawks. Do they oh. show the upper bowl in the background? Uh, uh, I don't believe so, no. For heaven's sake. But the arch is there for all of them, and they all look great, except I do have one question. For the DC Defenders, the Battle Hawk is holding a whole lot of lemons. I don't understand the reference. So, caca, if you could explain well, that. Well, maybe one to Martin me. will. Yeah, yeah. we'll ask Brian Stahl from the team. Let's do that. We got an inside track 
Looking forward to that. You guys didn't go to a game last year, did you? My I sons did. Watched yeah. them on TV. It was great. And uh, I watched them on TV too. Totally worth it. We went and had so much fun, and I didn't have to take out a loan. You know, well, concessions were another story, but for the game, and it was just so much fun. Didn't you spend it on godly amount of money on the concessions? Was oh, it like yeah, that one hundred and eighty dollars? That or turned into an international incident, but I won't. I won't go there. I won't start that back up again. Uh, so, any oodles, we'll reach out to the team, find out about the lemons, see if they'll give us tickets that we can <laughs> give to you. Caca! You know, and uh, and bribe you. Just a thought. Kicking it around. Other sports stuff, too. There was some golf. And I want to ask Marty about this. There was a tournament over the weekend. Pretty significant tournament. It was a live tournament. Um, And uh, Sergio Garcia was in the finals, and he lost in a playoff. But it said at the end of the story, now they get ready for the next PGA event, which starts this week on Thursday in Vegas. How many oh. things do you schedule in one town like that? I know. That? And they were saying this morning that Vegas has been getting ready for years for the Super Bowl and that the players are staying 14 miles away from the Strip. Yeah, probably a so, good idea. Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for a lot Can you of imagine reasons. the coaches and the, you know, trying to keep track of everybody right. and where is he? Get over here. I just wonder where they're staying. All I could think of was the documentary on the Bunny Ranch. Am I alone? Don't tell me I'm alone. Uh, it's probably not where they are, and it's closed. Okay. Well, that's probably good From what for I the heard. sake of humanity. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you, Why do you know that? Well, on, on this very radio station years ago, when uh, Joshi was sitting in Max's chair, we had on the owner of the Bunny Ranch in Vegas, and he invited us out to <laughs> do a broadcast. No, he did not. For, yes, he did. From the ranch, and I was obviously all over it. You know, he was going to like pay to fly us out. We were going to do the show, and the station would make money. I'm like, we're we're in. Ew. Took that one home? No. <laughs> that was shot down but, immediately. But the boss was okay with that? No, Carney's boss. I'm just assuming the boss here would have been okay because he was going to pay. Oh, I don't think so. Josh and I were packing. And then, uh, can you no. imagine those two on the loose in Vegas at the Bunny Ranch? And he died a couple. Yeah, uh, uh, you can Odell. Um, it he died a few years later, so I'm sure the deal's off. But I think I think uh, it closed at that point. So. I was in Springfield, Missouri, once for right. a for a restaurant opening, and my mom and my aunts were in the hotel room next to my husband and I, and. They went to my mom and my aunt Julie, who's since passed away. They the next the the day that we woke up there, like we got there late at night. Then they watched TV and hung out in their room. We met for breakfast the next morning, and they're like, "Oh, we watched this story about these women on this ranch called the Bunny Ranch," and like my husband and I are like spitting out our orange juice, like. What they're like, you wouldn't believe what goes on out there. I mean, they watched an entire. Documentary I on was this. Dying I mean, it was, to see. Oh my gosh! Where you were going to tie in a brothel to your family story? <laughs> well, my so, who? Okay. It was my mom and my aunt. They couldn't believe it, of but they course. just kept. They watched the whole thing. It's tremendous. I don't know why she even buys clothes. Oh my. She does all day. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Um, all right, a breather. I think we're all due. And then we'll uh, yes, come back. Please. we got sports with Marty. we got some other things to kick around. We'll check in with Mother Network and big news from across the pond that uh, King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, what kind? How far along is it? Don't know for sure, but Tom Rivers, who is the correspondent in London, will give us a full report and bring us up to speed as well. So that and a few more things. We just haven't thought of them yet. Now I'm thinking I shouldn't have told that story. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. We're just watching it. Schmoffle. Emily Post. Haven't heard that. I don't think she's. Uh, no, she's not. I think I've told you the story about interviewing her and being late calling her. Ooh, I bet that didn't go over well. Like, that's probably really bad etiquette. <laughs> Whoops. We've got an etiquette lady coming up on Girl Talk do in the coming we? weeks. When? We do. Um, it, well, it depends on Mizzou basketball as far as the schedule goes, but typically we air Girl Talk Saturdays at 5 p.m. here on the Big 550. Sure. Wait a minute. Emily Post died in 1960? Wow. I wouldn't guess that. Yeah, she was 87 years old when she died. But the Post-Dispatch ran Omar Sharif bridge tips for like 30 years <laughs> after he passed away. So, I don't know. Bridge tips, really? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. That's wild. That was the thing. I mean, I remember my pop having bridge night at the house. Oh yeah, I my I mean, gosh, that my, generation did it. We don't. That's what my grandmother did, like in her older years. I mean, she would get up she in wasn't the morning and brothel. She, no, that wasn't my grandma. She, oh. my grandma was the one that called us a dumbbell. Or, <laughs> um, but she was the one that was. She had her life masters in bridge. Like they acted like it was her doctorate in neurology, but what? it was. You know, something for the time that was supposed to be a big deal. It is one more thing, Jules, that promoted social interaction that no longer exists anymore. True. It's like the world is trying to accommodate Max. We're going to have self-checkout. You don't have to see anybody. Why don't you bag over the internet so you don't have to come in and talk to the teller? Bridge? No, that's too close to other people. What happened? What replaced it? Nothing social. Oh, there's other games that people are playing now in groups. I think people still play all of those games. They just do them remotely. They all do them online. People play or on their phone poker and things like that via video game units or on their phone. I mean, my sons are, play chess on their yeah, phones. People, I also play chess on my phone. Uh, it, there's a great app called Lee Chess. L I Chess. It's wonderful. It's free, and it'll keep track of all your games. No, people are just they just don't do it in person. They don't have bridge nights. They just that's jump sad. Uh, it's different. I don't know if it's sad. It's, it's sad. I don't know that it's. I'm I'm kind of like right in the middle of this in between the two of you. I mean, not, I get it. I could be become a recluse very fast. Believe not it or not, sales have gone down. I'm sure remember, the bridge mix, the bridge mix, very so popular. good. And I think that was named after you know a snack people would put out while they're playing bridge, or I just totally made that up. I and don't know. smoking, they would smoke and eat bridge mix. <laughs> and drink a stiff drink and play some cards. It was all mixed together. Yeah, it wasn't. Absolutely. That wholesome. As soon just... as they got done vacuuming in their uh, <laughs> formal gown right. with their pearls on. Exactly, in their high heels. Those were the days. Uh-huh. And I missed them. 
I missed him. Uh, what else? Do, 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 do. Were you surprised that Kelsey wasn't mentioned? I thought maybe even Tay-Tay yeah. would show up in, like, a Chiefs jersey. I don't know. I mean, I think that they both want to stay in their own career lanes. Let's face it. They've been dating six months or so while in the public eye, not real life. These are all fantasy situations. Well, of course you're going to have fun. I mean, that would be a blast. Still a honeymoon. But now let's see if you're picking up, you know, his dirty underwear off the floor. If you're <laughs> still infatuated with the fact that he mind. can catch a <laughs> catch a football. I don't know. I mean, I think those are t- two totally different things. Real life versus the fantasy life of seeing her in concert and him on the football field. And he's in Vegas with the rest of the team, very close to Los Angeles. Wouldn't have been a big deal to uh, I be, bet it would have been a to big be deal. her to plus one. Team, I think it would have been a big deal. That would have all, not they're have pretty been... locked down before the biggest game of their lives. I'm pretty sure that Andy would not have been okay. They're in Vegas. Him. Good luck. Good luck That's why they're done. keeping them way off campus. Yeah, Way off campus. I wonder if they like rented houses or they... Rented a whole floor of a hotel, or I guess we'll find out after the fact what the accommodations. Well, what would were. I maybe Max? I don't know what what do we have as far as options of because I don't think they even let them stay with their own families, so they probably would be sequestered, like you said, maybe in houses. What are the options? Fourteen miles outside of the strip. I happen to know the sports director for Channel Two what? personally. I do personally. He's going to be here in a little while. We'll ask Mr. Martin Kilcoin. You know what's crazy? I, I can't believe this, but I have his phone number in my phone. Marty or? Yeah, Marty. Kelsey or? No, Marty. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm adding into the joke. Look at this. Are you calling Marty a joke? I think that would hurt his feelings. So while we're on the whole Kelsey Chiefs blah, blah, blah business, and Max, I know, you collect some of these, and I just recently picked up on their popularity. But the Funkos, where the big-headed kind of bobble-headed dolls, and they'll like, well, let's pull a paint on his face. This one's Gene Simmons. I mean, they all pretty much look the same. I don't understand it. But they are wildly collectible. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're wildly collectible. Anything is. But do you know what Funkos are? The little dolls that have like a squished version of the head? Because they make them of everyone. You know, I think there's even a Brady Bunch Funko of Alice's boyfriend. Well, that was Sam, the, the, the genius. Butcher. Because there was, there was a toy line that came out right before that called Mighty Mugs. And they had Marvel and DC. Not very popular. The kind of, they signed Star Wars. Nobody really cared. And Funko came out and they signed Golden Girls. And they signed, you know, old television show, and that is what made them popular because people in a workplace situation could have Blanche from Golden Girls on their shelf. Uh, that, that the diversification of that line is really what made it blow up. You you can get a Funko Pop of anything, yeah. And they don't just throw them out there willy nilly, going, "Well, this, see if this is popular." They do a little homework, so the Funko people. Threw a little post out there on Twitter. Yeah, sorry, Elon, still Twitter to me. Uh, saying, hey, w- might you be interested if we did a Jason Kelsey uh, figurine? 40,000 people liked the post within an hour. So I think they got their answer. Watch for that. 
Do they have to run that by his peeps? Yeah, it's a likeness situation. You can't just profit off someone else's likeness. Yeah. So we'll see. And will it have a shirt on? I don't know. Well, that'd so, be Jason, right? Is that what you, I thought you meant? That's what know? I said. I oh, said Jason. Jason. Okay. So it's Funko's first ever pre-sale of a toy. So if you want to order one, you can jump ahead. And I was happy to see Funko donating to um, charity some of the pros, uh, proceeds of that. So hats off to them for that. So The text line says, the Michael's Bath text line says the Hilton and Weston Lake Las Vegas, that those are places that are potential, the team will be. potential places that they could be. Yeah, I think that's certainly on the down low. Somebody else was saying from the 314, I was hoping that after Taylor won, she would say, you've got to fight for the right to party. Oh, of course. And I'm sure you can get Beastie Boy Funkos as well. Pet Parade over the weekend. And I'm sure you can get Beastie Boy Funkos as well. Pet Parade over the weekend, the Purina Pet Parade down in Soulard. Didn't make it this year, but saw the pictures, big crowd. And of People course they, really spray their dogs those colors. I don't, I don't know about that. the biggest pet parade in the nation. I bet. I can't imagine there's a lot of them. And then they also add the wiener dog race. Like this isn't exciting enough. Would you spray paint your dog? If, if you like chewed on one of my shoes, I would. Oh. <laughs> It must be a certain kind of paint, I hope. I would hope, yeah, because you don't want it to. But what a mess. I yeah. mean, these are dog lovers, so they're not going to do something to injure their I mean, their you never dog, know. Right? Well, I know, but I mean, you would think if you're taking the pet parade, you, I don't know. You would think that they would think. But yeah. if you're spraying your dog purple, green, and yellow, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I probably weren't held enough as a kid. Uh, something. Would be my guess. But yeah, it went off without a hitch. Nice weather. Obviously, we made for a big, big, big crowd. And they got it. Best dressed pup pets want a spot in the mystical crew of Barkus and are invited to a coronation pageant where the king and queen are crowned. How adorable. How adorable. Speaking of kings, the two legged one in England, uh, prognosis of cancer being announced by Buckingham Palace. And we'll get word on that from Tom Rivers, who's in London, works for ABC. And uh, what else you want to know? I had a Donald Trump story from Friday that I didn't get to. I wanted to share. Just tickle me. Berta Kaplan, who's an attorney, said that former President Donald Trump threw papers across the table and stormed off during a deposition at Mar-a-Lago which so far, not terribly hard to believe, after learning that his legal team had agreed to provide this woman's lunch. Really? How did this not get in the mainstream media? Kaplan, who's representing clients on high-profile cases against Trump, including uh, E. Jean Carroll, uh, recorded Thursday that she rejected the former president's request that they work through a lunch break because he believed the deposition was a waste of his time. So Trump's legal team said, no, we'll just work through it. We'll get her lunch. He found out about that, and he stormed out of the room. I mean, I could understand how you wouldn't be pleased feeding the enemy, basically, 
But I don't know. That was kind of tantrumy. Yeah. In my mind. It's all. It's all I know. Michael Blublay threw a shocker into the world. Did mm-hmm. you see that story? Wasn't he on mushrooms yeah. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the NHL All-Star Weekend, uh, last weekend, he was doing some interviews and stuff, and he was a celebrity captain, actually, for the All-Star team. And he said in an interview, he said, my buddy told me this is just a microdose of mushrooms, and he was lying. Because apparently he was, well, as the kids say, he was tripping on mushrooms. You don't expect that from Michael Buble. That's like Frank Sinatra for this era. Right, but so, I mean, that all evolves too. You did expect Frank Sinatra to be intoxicated and chain smoking, right? Yeah, but still, when you get into hallucinogenics, that's not quite widely as acceptable as a bourbon, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. A little bit. Weird. No. A little bit. I'm fine with it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll leave personal experience out of it. Never mind. But, uh, yeah, so that's it for Michael. I don't know if there's going to be any fallout because his fan base, and um, I talked to him about this at one point because he was doing mostly stuff from the Great American Songbook, and people loved him because he was the new Sinatra. Right. He had that swagger and that style and the still does untied bow tie and everything like that. Um, and then uh, came out with an album of like pop hits and people freaked out. That, I mean, the old fans were like, what are you doing? Like when Pat Boone did that cover of heavy metal songs, people lost their minds over this. So I'm guessing if there's any really, really old school buble people, this will do them in. Probably so. This will completely. Because he's kind do of an old in. soul. Yeah. Yeah, he is indeed. And one more quick thing from the world of Hollywood, that Brad Pitt is going to be in a new movie, as things come full circle, by Quentin Tarantino. So we turn to our man, our movie man. What know you of this project? Quentin Tarantino over the past couple of years has said that he wants to make 10 movies. This next movie would be his 10th, and so he says he's going to retire after that and just write novels. He's already written one novel and published it, so I guess we can take him at his word. It's going to be called The Movie Critic. People thought it might have been based on Pauline Kael, a famous movie critic from back in the day, but it's going to star Brad Pitt, and it makes sense that they would reunite because Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Actor for his role as Cliff Booth in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And didn't he, wasn't he also in Inglorious Bastards, too? Mm-hmm. That's right. So they've got a history together. I'm surprised he's quitting making film. He's not that old. He said, somewhat controversially, that there have been no good films made by aging filmmakers. That any of the filmmakers that he loved all did their best stuff when they were younger men. And he doesn't want to keep it going when he gets older. And, of course, a lot of film fans are like, what about Kurosawa? And what about Scorsese? And and there's plenty of filmmakers who made amazing films. How old of a guy is he now? I don't know. I I mean... mean 60 maybe yeah yeah he's not Uh, that old but he says this is going to be his last movie he and he counts the kill bill movies as one movie because it was harvey weinstein that made him split it up so uh that's why this is the 10th movie that he'll direct and he says he's done after that have you read the book 
No, it was a novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I love that movie. It was my yeah. favorite movie that year, but I have not read the book, no. Yeah, I don't think it translates that easy to go from screenwriting and directing to actually putting your story exclusively on paper. I mean, he's written all of his movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of them were adaptations of, you know, like uh, Jackie Brown was an adaptation of the book Rum Punch. But he also, before he got the funding to make his own movies, he had to sell his scripts. So some things like Natural Born Killers and True Romance, those are Tarantino movies that other directors helmed. So I did not know that. Maybe he'll do that in the future. Maybe he'll write scripts for other young up-and-coming filmmakers. Have you revisited Natural Born Killers in the last decade or so? Uh, yes. Does it hold up? I, I've always enjoyed that movie. I think it's one of Oliver Stone's better movies. I did, too. I thought I mean, Dangerfield was terrifying. Yeah, I, I, I remember really liking the movie. It was very jarring, and it stuck with me. Uh, it's kind of why I'm afraid to go back and see it, because it'll be like, oh, this doesn't hold up at all. But it does. All right. I trust you on that one. I was scrolling on Instagram this morning. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. No, you weren't. I always am. No, you weren't. And I was looking at the Abbey STL, one of my favorite places Ugh. to go, marketplace at the Abbey. Love them. Uh, they're in Manchester, Missouri, off of Manchester Road. Shout out just to Laura. west of 141. And you can go in there and find everything that you would ever need for your home for a Valentine's Day gift. And I'm looking at this candle that they posted, and She's it's the shopping most. shopping on the show again. I know. Well, you guys were talking about movies I've never heard of, so I just had to do something. They're called Alex candles, and it just—I—it's almost like I can smell it through Instagram. It just—it's just so my up my alley. I love this—the look of this candle. I have to drive out and go and give it a sniff myself. I love everything there. The clothes—they're expanding their clothing line at the Abbey and their clothing section at the store. They're also expanding their baby section, which that is already fabulous. If you need a baby shower gift or a newborn gift, or if you're going to become a grandmother or, or you're just great a very aunt, small human being, or you're very tiny, go to the Abbey baby section. You cannot go wrong. And right now through Valentine's Day, CR Lane custom furniture is 20% off. Now this is like top of the line, the best furniture customizable. And you can pick from one of, any one of their fabrics. There's over 800. There's different leathers you can choose from, different wood finishes, different nail finishes, all of it. You get to start from scratch or you can take that 20% and enjoy that savings on pieces that they have already designed and have made up. So lots of options there for you, whether you're going to look for a gift for the Valentine's Day holiday coming up or if you want to save money on some money. CR Lane furniture. Money! You can go to Marketplace at theabbey.com. Carney Show, welcome back. We'll uh, get you where you're going. I mean, not like physically give you a ride, but we'll uh, tell you areas to avoid. Ken Paul handling that. Mark Kilcoin in just a bit. We got news this morning uh, that King Charles has gotten a diagnosis of cancer and he just come off like a, a prostate exam of some kind and found that that was benign. And this is a whole separate thing, which is probably a lot more serious. Tom Rivers in London, what what do we know? Yeah, well, it, it's kind of broad stroke. You're absolutely right. Uh, enlarged prostate and very, very quickly, uh, the palace has said, no, that is not cancerous. 
so this came out of the blue really today here in London, and uh, you know, the city is, is taking it on board. Uh, the doctors, when they did that procedure, found something untoward. Diagnostics done on it determined that it is a form of cancer. We don't know what kind of cancer, but uh, again, it's something that uh, is really, really you know, taking people by surprise because the idea was go in, get this prostate procedure, and yes, you'll be you know taking it easy for uh, for maybe you know who knows, fill in the blank, maybe a month, and then back to duties. Well. Back to square one on that one. Uh, William, now the heir to the throne, is going to be picking up all of Dad's duties, with the exception of the official paperwork, which uh, the king will still carry on dealing with on a daily basis. But it's a real, real setback. And his treatment, we, again, we don't know if it's chemo or if it's uh, radiation, that actually began today. Well, you kind of wish that if they're going to announce something like this, and it's very sad and it's terrible, but, I mean, let's just not be cryptic about it because everybody's concerned let's just say what it is why do they not tell us all the information yeah because they're well they're not in a they're not used to giving commoners any information this is kind of a a a break with the past and at least saying did you just call me a commoner yeah well i said i never had the nerve to do that subjects U.S. are citizens. Okay. Uh, that's the distinction. <laughs> um, but it, well, no, they're used to not giving out any information on that score. But he kind of broke with tradition saying, look, uh, I'm going in for a prostate procedure. A lot of you guys are a little bit older. Uh, get checked out. Um, so, yes, in that sense, uh, it's a very modern thing to do. And then the follow on now, uh, you know, about 10 days later down the road, we have news that, yes, they found something there. And, uh, yes, yeah, it's going to be a real setback, for certainly for him, if, if for no other reason, the timeline. Yeah. He's going to be having his feet up for uh, <laughs> fill-in-the-blank uh, considerable time. So Harry has announced that he's going to go back there and be by his father's side, which is going to bring the boys back together, which is something we didn't expect to see so soon. Is there any speculation as to how that reunion's going to go? Who knows? Uh, the British people are pretty fed up with Harry to begin with. Um, I would imagine they're not going to do anything that's going to throw even more spotlight on Harry right now. You know, this is this is the King story, not the Harry story. So, uh, yeah, uh, Harry's coming over in the next few days while his father is undergoing uh, whatever the procedure uh, is the undisclosed procedure uh, treatment, and uh, yeah, you may well be here for uh, for a number of weeks. That hasn't been uh, disclosed yet. Well, I, I find this all very interesting. Poor Charles, he just he never can quite get. You know, he, he's been waiting his whole Always life. Always the bridesmaid. Yeah, and now he's finally the king, and he had to lose his mother in order to become king, which is bittersweet, obviously. And now here he is battling major health issues yeah. with his son, William, who is much more popular waiting in the wings. Yeah, very much. You, you hit it in, in one there. Um, 75 years of age. You know, and, and you know, before this, this, this uh, disclosure on the prostate front, you know, he looked in pretty good shape. He's always been into the organic world, eating the right foods, uh, not smoking like, uh, for instance, his dad did, et cetera, et cetera. So he was doing the right things, but uh, yeah, cancer can uh, 
speak up and bite you. Uh, it doesn't matter sometimes, you know, how you run your life. Um, and then maybe a case of that uh, in, in Charles this time. I wonder how public uh, they're going to be going forward as far as the information to the rest of us. They, yeah, they may well do. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, how he's progressing. Um, you know, if he, if he can... If, if the procedures are, are, uh, are going to have a quick effect and he does, in fact, get back to public engagements, uh, that'll be fantastic. And people will certainly applaud that. Um, again, if, he's, if, it's, if it's long and prolonged and then you're asking questions every day about, uh, you know, what are the, you know, the uh, ascension, uh, if you will, procedures for William, et cetera, et cetera, that's a whole different story. But uh, we'll see how this plays out. As you know, the queen, um, although she was old and, and getting frail, that that uh, that happened very, very quickly. Uh, in the case of this with, with Charles, who knows? It may be quite prolonged. We don't know. But, uh, again, he says he's very positive at this stage. As I say, the treatment has begun today. So uh, certainly the, uh, the British people are saying, look, Hopefully, uh, we caught this early, and uh, we'll get over this hurdle, and uh, we'll see him back out and about pretty, pretty soon. Tom, great work, as always, from across the pond, and I'm sure we'll be checking back with you. Thanks so much. Take care. Tom Rivers from ABC. All right, let's go to the KTRS Traffic Center now. It looks beautiful and sunny out there, but it looks uh, uh, warmer than it actually is. Hopefully the roads are pretty clear. Let's go to Paul Kopsky in the KTRS Traffic Center. Thanks, Julie. There's a metal ladder built two lanes on westbound 64 before Clayton. Road work on westbound 44 past Park downtown has the right lane closed. A stalled car is blocking the right lane on southbound 55 before Gasconade. And there's debris in the roadway on 170 north past Olive blocking the right lane. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. That's a lot of stuff for 2.30 in the afternoon. I know. It would be this busy that early on. Yeah, at least there's no accidents. You know. Haven't seen you in a few days. Yeah. What's going on? Tell me well, about the weekend. <laughs> the weekend went well. It's, it's a little vaguer than I uh, was hoping for. I want names. I want numbers. Names time, and numbers? Time you get home. What did oh, I do? Name is Trinity. <laughs> well, I shot photos at a wrestling tournament. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. That perhaps was the highlight of the weekend. Well, they made some money. Did uh, they I know you were going to be there? Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> well, that's always a good thing. Did you fit in? Did you wear one of those outfits that those Singlet? onesie, those onesie deals? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. I just wore my regular clothes. Sorry. Yeah. How long did that take to shoot? Well, was it like eighty matches? It was. Uh, I was there for the championships, but a lot of times you have to sit around and wait for the championships to start because yeah. they can never figure out when they're going to actually start. Right. So I was there for like at least an hour and a half before I started working. Just bored. Right. That's and what then, I do here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be starting soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're ending in 25 minutes. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Time's irrelevant. Best 25 <laughs> minutes of your life. Ever. Time is relevant. So that was the whole weekend. Well, I went to a uh, get family get together at my aunt's house on Friday. Yeah, anybody get out of hand? <laughs> no, it was a small mellow affair. Yeah. Did you did you bring a bottle of wine? Yeah, I brought my aunt a bottle of wine. Hey. Oh, that's nice. How do you like that? Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you drink it or did you drink it? Uh, well, I brought her favorite kind, and I uh, 
I gave it to her. I, I don't drink it. Does she so. listen to the Big 550 ever? Yeah, she does. She Love does. that oh, woman. Yes. Shout out. Woo. Aunt. Yeah, we want to have her on the air. What's we her got, aunt what? We got questions. Aunt, you want me to tell her? her tell you her first name? Her, just her yeah. first name? Louise. Aunt Louise. Aunt, Louise. Yeah. Yeah. aunt Wheezy. Shout out to her. Do you have an yeah. American Express number for her, too? <laughs> asking for a friend. Social Security, maybe. And then, of course, we got, the, we got the big game coming up next weekend and the big yeah. party you're going to. Have you got your outfit already? Well, I'm going to wear uh, a St. Louis Rams uh, Super <gasps> Bowl championship sweatshirt. That's confusing. I know. That's what I'm trying to do. <sighs> I'm trying to make a statement that I don't have a team. Okay. Well, that's there. You, you don't care who wins, right? I'm rooting for the Chiefs, but if they lose, I won't. Uh, the next day, I won't be crushed. Wear a Battlehawks jersey. <laughs> See, that's what you'll get at the party. I need Brought to get to you one. by hats and stuff. Take a little trip next door. Yeah. Go see Andy at Hats and stuff. Take a little trip next door. Yeah, that's Coming his new on our single, by the way. <laughs> well, good. We'll have fun at the party. Always good to see you, my friend. You We're going to see him four more times before the party. <laughs> We're going to see you four more times before and the party. And he'll say, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I know he will. And he'll say, where are you going? What say, are you going to wear? Where are you, who are you bringing? And you are? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. It's like reruns. Yes, it is. Every day at 2.30, it's a rerun with Carmen. <laughs> Groundhog's Day was just last week. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's commemoration. Uh, 236, we've got to check in with Martin Kilcoin from the Two Fox. Uh, and other than the game next weekend, there's stuff going on, including, oh, I love saying it, the Battlehawks announcing their schedule. So when you can go see some games. Wow. Like that one got stuck on a wire or something. Um, we'll uh, come back and do that with him in just a few. In the meantime, I will tell you this. Today's the day. Today is the day. It's supposed to be Friday, but they pushed it back. Today's the day that hot pizza, cold beer will open up its doors in downtown St. Louis. The brainchild of the folks at Sugar Fire, which is probably why they put it right across the street from Sugar Fire uh, downtown next to the uh, Blues Museum. And uh, just like Sugar Fire. It's going to be super simple and super wonderful. I've not had the pizza yet, but I will be back tomorrow with the full report of it. And yeah, maybe others to come for sure. If you think about the quality that they've been serving up, the other restaurants, I expect nothing less. So come check it out this afternoon for the grand opening or anytime. Downtown in Washington, it's the new hot pizza cold beer and swing by a Sugar Fire Smokehouse, too, where it all began, and enjoy some of the best barbecue you'll ever spill on your shirt. KTRS Sports, Sports. with Martin Kilcoyne. Presented by Offenberg Hyundai and Triad Bank. All righty, get into it. Mr. Martin Kilcoyne from the Two Fox pops in with his sports wisdom and some wit on the side. Hi, Marty. Good to see you. Good to see the gang. I feel like an energy in the room today. I can you feel do? it. Yeah. You feel a yeah. vibe? Yeah, it feels yeah. good today. You know Everybody. why? Max is excited about the Battlehawks. John's wearing a tie, and, Julie, <laughs> and Julie's got a blanket. I'm freezing. This yes. Is, um, yeah. And I wanted to know if, if you have any idea about tracking my Amelia's Boutique package that I ordered online that has my Kansas City Chiefs gear 
in the waiting. I have not received it yet, but I am going to be rooting hard for the Chiefs. It's a big burning sports question. Yeah, that's okay. I thought it was a. I thought it was kind of sports. Is there related. a tracking number? That yeah, you can... we have a tracking number. Okay, it says it's on you its get way. on that, please. But I'm is, gonna... is it returnable if uh, you don't get it before the Super Bowl? It's that's a great question. question. Do you have? Does it have value to you beyond the Super Bowl? No, it does not. Oh, as okay. I am a St. Louisan. Mm-hmm. Take okay. it to Costco. Okay, they you're take right. Couches oh, you're right. Two After two years. months, my friend said that to me today because she heard you talking about that on Friday. Also, in other completely unrelated news, Bill Belichick takes out a full-page ad uh, thanking the New England Patriots, the team that fired him. Uh, and I'm wondering, is it a truly heartfelt, and he's a class act, or b? Is it more of a reminder to the NFL in general that he's available for a conversation? Like, I'm not a bad guy, but also I am yeah. a free agent right yeah. now. I think it's probably sincere. I mean, you're you're there a quarter century. So. You had all those wins, all those great moments. And I, I wouldn't even say he was fired as much as he and Bob Kraft just said, hey, we've kind of reached an impasse here. or <laughs> things, things aren't going so well. What do you... What do you say that uh, you try something different? <laughs> but it is interesting because he wants to coach. So people would say, well, if he want to coach, you could just stay right there. But I, things weren't really going well. So I think that was sincere. People like and Tony LaRusso is similar in that. I think if you just see him on TV, you'd say he has no sense of humor. You don't. But if you hear him speak at some events oh, or contraire. you're right. Well, I'm saying if you're around him. He can be funny and engaging and all of these things that maybe people in St. Louis didn't always know. He says the same thing about Belichick, that if you're around him, that he actually can be really funny. He said he just doesn't like the media stuff. Like Tony would play ball with the media and have some fun. He claims Belichick can be fun and warm and fuzzy. So I think it was sincere. Okay. I trust your judgment. I mentioned this earlier. But he is still available. Yeah, I was going to say, will he get he hired? He's still though? available. The, the big thing now is that he'll be in waiting for your Cowboys if they fail again next year, that he's just looming over and that Jerry's got him in his back pocket. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that makes sense. But that's the prevailing Over-under. theory. Yeah. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and I spent a lot of time on it, but the, uh, the golf tournament – over the weekend in Mexico, which was a live tournament, and Sergio Garcia was in it, uh, lost in like a four or five hole playoff. But the thing that jumped out at me was at the end of the story, it said, "Now they get ready for the PGA Tour event, which starts Thursday in Las Vegas. Where are they going to stay?" <laughs> I didn't realize that. Wow, I was just saying how crowded Vegas is getting. Yeah, because they have all these teams. And then they have the Sphere, and then they're going to build the Oakland A's stadium. They're getting the A's. They're building it. Was it the Tropicana? Somewhere that was right downtown. And everybody said, can we go out a little way? Everything there is on that strip, strip, literally, is right there. I was not aware of the golf being there. I don't think there will be any place left to stay. It's just bad timing. And the Super Bowl, they knew, was going to be played there. For a long, long time. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Remember, Vegas was always forbidden for professional sports. So you can't have a team there. I think it's kind of fun. And, I would love well, to no, go watch Well, no, but I'm saying for there. years it was, oh, right. well, that's with the gambling and all that. And then now <laughs> it's just they've just collapsed at the gate. Come on in. Oh, you want to yep. gamble? You want to sponsor? Like, it's it was such a uh, kind of pious position that all of the leagues had. Oh, we can't have a game there. Oh, we can't but have a team. apparently they closed the Bunny Ranch. 
Oh, for this week? Oh, no, according Mona to Silas. Carney. Yeah, the oh. owner died. Yeah. Oh. Sadly. Recently? No. <laughs> oh. It's been, no. it's been a few years. Has it been a while? <laughs> Well, I thought you were saying they closed it so the NFL players just, you know, weren't no. tempted. Or, yeah, they're just running out the entire range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would hope, you always hope that there's not a distraction like a team, you know, a I player mean, gets in trouble. This is asking for it. But it's Las Vegas. I know. You're like, oh boy, what? It's like if, sending your kid to Vegas for their 21st birthday. Not how a good tight idea. are the coaches saying, okay, team meeting, before we get there, let's be real clear. Okay, just for one week. Okay, I don't care if you go to Vegas in March or April. Right very now, this uptight. They're they, yeah. they're going to be very. It's going to be bed checks for adult yes. men, yes. ankle yeah. monitors. You know, they got it all going. Remember when the Bulls were playing one of their championships and Dennis Rodman went disappeared like yeah. twenty four hours and came back and played the game? Yeah, it's insane. Well, when you're Dennis Rodman. Now we had. Do you know he interrupted one of our Rams post game shows years ago? No, the Rams are terrible. I'm in the hallway interviewing like Keith Lyle or Todd Light, and man, we just got beat again. We're really struggling. We're terrible. And then they just started cracking up laughing, and I was like, "Well, what's so funny about?" And behind me is Dennis Rodman, and he had on like a boa, you know, like the whole getup, and he was making faces (laughs) at Light or Lyle. He knew them. And they're all laughing, they're like, sorry, man, that's uh, Dennis Rodman. Like, why is he hanging out at a crappy Rams game? And why didn't I put him on TV at that that moment? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But he's, sorry, you just made he's, me think of Dennis he Rodman. He always has stories that follow him wherever he goes. Uh, Hawk talk. We had a little of it off the air before we started here. We got a bit of a schedule. We now know a little more that we're going to get some games here. So what do you know? The schedule is out. And I said for Battle Hawks fans, you're uh-huh. always you're always waiting. Like, will there be a league? <laughs> will we have a team? Okay, when are they playing? Yeah. And and they do a lot of slow releases. The XFL did, and now the UFL, where you have to kind of always wait. Well, now the schedule is out. Battlehawks play ten games. First one is on the road, March thirtieth. That's a Saturday, at the Michigan Panthers. And then the next week is the home opener, Saturday, April sixth, which is a night game at the Dome. What's interesting there? is City SC is also playing. The Cardinals are also Wow. Cardinals oh, play wow. during the day. Soccer's at night. Football's at night. So that's a fun Saturday downtown, April 6th. The first game, by the way, is on Fox 2, that Michigan game on March 30th. Four of the ten games will be on locally on Fox 2. So, yeah, Such schedule's out. And then guy. the biggest thing hanging out there that nobody's confirming – but is that St. Louis will host the UFL championship game in Cook June. I, I'm not announcing that. It's all over Twitter. People are putting it out there. I'm pretty sure it's true, but I think they wanted to wait to announce that. But it's it's that's the next big thing to come out. Will it be what brings the Rock to town? Can he find St. Louis? He could be here tonight, I'm told, because WWE Raw is here tonight. Really? And I'm like, if I'm a Battlehawks fan, I'd be protest. Hey, you haven't made it to any of our games. Yeah. But, yeah, if they get the championship game, which all signs are – what was that Magic 8 ball? All signs point yes. to yes. Uh, I think The Rock would attend that. All signs point, point to, to yes. yes. Get out the Magic board. Magic 8-ball reference from <laughs> – he is on the And you just shake it until you got the answer yes. you wanted. Yes, exactly. Like, well, I didn't like that one. Oh, Seems best likely. Of three. Yeah. Oh, it's four out of seven. All right. I just keep shaking it. A little shocked by, by these dates. Pitchers and catchers 
reports uh, in Jupiter on Valentine's Day. Oh, sounds glorious. Uh, and the first full squad workouts, February 19th. The Cards play the first spring games, February 25th. Close. You we know, are inches away. Mm-hmm. The, the first sign locally is when the truck leaves. So today they loaded the trucks, the balls, the bats. And this is the, the one. The Amorazic truck. This is the one day of the year where I, I feel like we're kind of like doing news in Dubuque or something like, ooh, the truck's getting loaded. Like, they're all like so excited. Yeah. But it is, a, it is a, a, a rite of spring, I guess, or a sign that spring is Carol around the and corner. Jack would load up our big wheels on that truck and our bikes because we would be down in St. Petersburg for for so long when we were kids that basically we would move down there. So <laughs> the they, I'd get my there. big, Joe would ride his big wheel <laughs> off the truck down in Florida. Probably and it still was, does. you know, probably he, pro- he would if he was allowed. He would, he would absolutely. Carol. Call Buddy Bates. Tell him we're going to be sending a few more items. That's right. And that's probably exactly what happened. That's right. spaces for the big wheels. Yeah. <laughs> but and you'll see if you go down there, it's not just balls. But you're right. It's like some golf clubs and maybe. Yeah. Hey, this year we should put Galaga in the clubhouse. Okay, Ernie, let's do that. Load up a Galaga machine. But that's the first sign. Trucks on its way down. So next Wednesday, the 14th will be the first. Activity, but players show up really early, and and they they're hanging out. And people are like, wow, he he's really getting after it this year. He showed up five days early to camp. I'm like, they go in there for a couple hours and they go golf. They're and, in Palm Beach, right? They're like, it's a casino nearby. They're not splitting yet. There was no. a room in Vegas, right? Um, okay, for those of us that can't get enough uh, Mark Kilcoin, which is like all of us. Uh, when might we see you, hear you again? Uh, well, the show coming up at 6 o'clock, the Kilcoin Conversation tonight. My guest is Kevin Kugler, who is a broadcaster. He's on Fox NFL. He's on TV. He's on the Big Ten Network. He's on Westwood One. You've heard him before. You've seen him before talking about his career, but just talking sports. Kevin Kugler and Jim Edmonds, the former Cardinal, who is now an owner with this company called Light Helmets, L-I-G-H-T, and they sell helmets around the country. That are lighted? That are making, they're light, they're literally lighter. No, they're lightweight. So that oh. when you land, if you're a kid or college or pro, like it's helping with concussions because they said part of the impact was how heavy the helmet was. Yeah, and, and there so, have been other people that have taken a swing at this in the past, but apparently this is supposed to be the top of the line latest and greatest and they're they're in about, about eight that too that they're they in take. like in of 18 nfl oh wow teams have taken on their product i didn't realize this when you go in if you're a player it's not nike or adidas like where it's handed you this is who we deal with helmets are all individual you get to pick what brand you want so what you want to do if you're jim and his company is be on the shelves as an yeah. option. And I think now they're getting closer to being in every NFL locker room. And Wait, now whole, that they're doing that, then all the kids and everybody will want the same kind of helmet. Well, let's say that Patrick Mahomes or somebody starts using that kind of helmet. That's yeah. going to influence yep. it too. But I, I've heard that the helmets were almost too well made. And, of course, when players were leading with their heads and everything, all of a sudden you have these CTE issues. So you almost want to have, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say a less sturdy helmet, but something lighter. So but it's not a weapon. The, right, right, exactly, yeah. He, apparently, Virginia Tech studies all of these and does safety reports, and they're highly his product is highly regarded by Virginia Tech and in all of these studies. And it really is about, sure, they're going to do business. That's their goal. But preventing concussions, especially with some younger kids, and they did a, a team in California that wore them all year and how much the concussions went down. We talk about that. We talk about the Hall of Fame. We talk about Molina, all these other things. That's coming up. 
at 6 o'clock. So we'll see on TV tonight as well. Strictly football helmets, or they do in baseball and hockey right now, just and football. other sport Just events. football. And he said they use a lot of motorsports uh, technology, too, in building these helmets. But you know what they should do? What? They should get some investors, and they should go to Triad Bank and get them behind you, Jim. If you need some help with this product, go to Triad Bank for all your banking needs, whether, you're, in, whether you're investing in a NFL helmet company or if a grandma needs a new checking account. All of the above. One spot, actually two spots. One bank, two spots. They're on Clayton Road in Frontenac. They're also on Olive, just west of 270. For all your banking needs, so many local businesses have figured this out. It's the neighborhood-friendly bank. You want to get things done? Of course you do. That was rhetorical. You can get them done at Triad Bank, those two locations, or online at triadbanking.com. Restaurant Tuesday tomorrow brings you Mr. Sulaki in the Ohio Sulakis. Uh, so we'll do that. Some other stuff, including George Mayhew and things. Dan Moore talks tech. Jules, see you tomorrow. I'll be here right at noon. Max Ditto. Coming up, Josh and Heidi is KTRS St. Louis. I'm John Carney. Thanks for listening.